Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Ain't no doubt about it. Buy equals buy instead of fly equals fly. And many others, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Tomlin didn't cry. He just said, I'm out, walked out. Uh, the Steelers go down to the Bills. The Eagles go down to the Bucks, And we got the divisional round coming up next. Welcome into XL Primetime. Uh, and it's back to the full house. It's good to see Big Surce on the other side. Even if he's rocking that you, it doesn't matter. Just good to see you back, bro. I'm glad to be back. Absolutely. All right, so you're here, mm-hmm. rock and roll, ready to go. Did you like spend Friday and Monday going down securing Cam Ward? Is that basically what you did? Uh, basically, you know, I had, I had to give an escort. Uh, All right, we got Big Surce back. We got Beaver Toyota. They bring you today. Wow, yeah. Uh, Brett and the Beaver Boys right there on Phillips Highway. They run the Chevy shop, and you can log on beaverchevrolet.com. And then Nick and everybody down at Beaver Toyota St. Augustine, ready to take care of you. New or pre-owned, make sure you check out BeaverToyotaStAugustine.com. So I feel like we can go back and look at a super wildcard weekend. We got two games yesterday because the game was moved from Sunday to Monday with that wicked storm, wicked, uh, up there in Buffalo. And it still was hellish uh, throughout the day uh, into uh, the afternoon when that one kicked off. Uh Buffalo takes care of business. Are they the hottest team? They're going to get Pat Mahomes at home. First time Mahomes gets to go on the road in his playoff postseason career. It's just incredible the amount of games that he has played in the postseason, and this will be the first on the road. So we'll talk about who's hot, who's hottest, (laughs) but I at least want to talk to start off. Who would you keep and who would you dispatch? Mike McCarthy, after having three 12-win seasons, or Nick Sirianni, after taking his team to the Super Bowl, and yet that happened over the last seven weeks. Okay, so they lost Mm -hmm. six of seven. So, all right, in other words, you got to keep one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who you keeping and who you trashing, who you firing? That ain't an easy question. On paper? Well, just you got to make the on, decision. Right, you right, right. Uh, on paper, and again, knowing the facts that we do, because I'm not in Dallas, I'm not in Philly. Right. I'm keeping Mike McCarthy. I'm getting rid of Nick Sirianni. Mm. Because, it does. It does mm. feel that way. Because here's the here's what happened, Leon. Mike McCarthy was facing a similar situation. Could he be on the hot seat this time a year ago? Mm-hmm. He gets rid of Kellen Moore. He takes over play calling duties. <clears throat> Dak completely chops down in half his number of turnovers. And I understand it came back to haunt them in the playoff game, but he said, I'm not going to throw more than 10 interceptions. And he didn't. He fumbled it 14 times two years ago. I think he fumbled it only four times this year. The offense looked great up until it got to the postseason. Now, did they overlook the Green Bay Packers? That's a discussion to be had. But I would argue the Philadelphia Eagles overlooked the bulk of their competition the final seven games of the season. Mm-hmm. That's a bigger red flag for me than it is for Mike McCarthy to lead his team to 12 wins. They're operating on all cylinders. And then all of a sudden, it all went to heck in a handbasket in one game. As opposed mm-hmm. to a month and a half, which this town knows all too much about. From a, December on. A month yeah. and a half of mm-hmm. futility on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Who are you trashing? Who are you well, I'm a trashing? Mike yeah. McCarthy's got to go. That's an easy one for me. Yeah. The reason why he has to go is because Super Bowls matter in Dallas. They haven't been to a haven't been to an NFC Championship game since what 1995. And they haven't been to the Super Bowl since then either. 
Yeah. And Mike McCarthy's one and three in the playoffs. With all that talent he has, all those playoff players, I mean, all those Pro Bowl players he has on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball, and he can't get it done now. No, not granted. He's got 12 win seasons back to back to back to back. But you can't lose that game that you lost at home against a Green Bay team that you were favored by seven points. Yeah. You can't do that. You absolutely can't do that. And Jerry, I mean, they imploded. Listen, we all, you know what we do every year when it comes to the Cowboys and Cowboy fans do it too? They get all excited during the regular season. Oh, we're the number two seed. Oh, we're good. Oh, we're going to be in the championship game. And listen, I bought it. Whatever they were selling, I bought it. Yeah. I absolutely bought it. I thought this was going to be the year. I thought that the curse was lifted off them after they put Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor. I said that the curse is lifted. Y'all might even get to a championship game. And what did happen? They let me down again. They let me down because I don't care too. you know what's about them. <laughs> but it, you don't lose a game like that at home to a team, an inferior team that you thought. Yeah. With a quarterback it, with his first appearance, playoff appearance. Massive they've, underachievement. They've actually drafted well. Yeah. They've yeah. put a yeah. really good roster. You could right. you could argue they have the best roster in the NFL. That could yeah. easily make that argument, okay? You gotta get past the first round at yeah. home. Yeah. Against a kid his first time in the playoffs. A you quarterback. would think that you could you, get him to shrink in the moment well, and he didn't. You'd also think that at some point you could stop the run in the playoffs, too. Yeah. yeah. With that kind of talent on that defense. I he's a He's a given. He's definitely got to go. I okay, think. So, well, I also think Tom has got to go, and not because I think he's a bad coach. I Tom just think wasn't even in the he wasn't even. I, just, I know he wasn't, but, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm throwing him in there because yeah. I think he's. At some point, you just get to a point where the message doesn't what? work anymore. He's yeah. 17 years down, now, man. It's just not working anymore. Well, you, you think he's worn out as welcome? Is what no, you're I saying. don't think he's worn out as welcome. I just think that the message he gives players, mm-hmm. it can only get you so far. Mm-hmm. And I think you need somebody to go beyond that. Okay, but uh, and this is the other part of this. Is it his fault that they went with Kenny Pickett? Because they do have a personnel guy like we have here in Duval, and and sometimes that guy making the selections, and they they pinned their hopes on Pickett. They really did. Uh, and then they also didn't have an answer behind Pickett. Heck, Mason Rudolph, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, at least played well enough uh, down he the did. stretch, uh, picking up that win in Seattle, which I, I keep repeating is a big win for them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's the other part of this. Okay, so Mike McCarthy, you've got three straight 12-win seasons, first time in history that a team has, has not advanced to the championship round with that record. And then you go to what Nick Sirianni did. Would you fire a coach who had a team in the Super Bowl last year? Well, yeah, maybe, because the way they imploded. But then the other one, Matt, is that – Tomlin's Steelers, they keep basically recording winning seasons, but it's just a tick over 500. At least that's what it's been of late. Well, they're one in, they've had five straight postseason losses, five straight. And so that actually adds up quite a bit. Yeah, but yesterday you could tell that, I mean, you could tell that they missed uh, TJ Watt yesterday as oh, far as the pass yeah. rush go. I mean, yeah. because, I mean, Josh Allen, I mean, he. He's already dangerous enough when you know when he's got the ball, but then if you don't put any pressure, he has the time on to throw the ball and run the ball. He's going to kill you. Second mm-hmm. longest quarterback rush for a score in Super Bowl history. It was an incredible in run. It was 56, uh, 52 yards. Uh, excuse me. The record is Colin Kaepernick with fifty six. Leon. I mean, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia <coughs> Eagles and the angles that they took or lack thereof on mm-hmm. some tackling. There were some business decisions made in Buffalo on that play. 
You can't deny that. Oh yeah, the DBs and safeties ain't one no, no parts of that. You're talking about what the six Josh five. Yeah. You're talking about six five, two forty five, rumbling, stumbling down the field. They absolutely won none. And here's the thing: is that coaching and, or and, is that an individual decision? No, that, that's just that's just that's just Josh Allen, you know, putting on the cape and running down the field because he even stopped. Yes, and started again in yes. the middle of that play. And listen, <laughs> a, a, there was no particular time that I think that he was going to slide. He's the type of guy, he's a daredevil. Yeah. He goes right in the pile. Those two guys that collided, he ran right through those guys and went on into the end zone. Yeah, he, he, he was impressive. And yeah. by the way, the, the distribution, he didn't throw for a bunch of yards, Mm-mm. but boy, did he hit big plays. He hit two tight ends. He hit Shakir at the end, and I was looking so hard for the cover. You know that. Uh, plus 10, I just thought they were going to backdoor that bad boy, and then they get that last play, and Shakir, his run was off. His catch and run was also pretty dang awesome, uh, that's for sure. So they are only a two-and-a-half-point pick. We'll do our Pacifico push to the playoffs uh, coming up in just a little bit. But I, I was a little surprised by that. I thought I might be we a little probably bit. Uh, need a stats and info fact check this one. Yeah. But uh, Saucy Nug, courtesy of the 607 on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Right. The Steelers 1-11 without T.J. Watt. Yeah, 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 they had some kind of crazy record where they never really? won without T.J. Watt. I heard, I heard them on the broadcast yesterday, and they, I thought I was hearing something when I heard when I heard T.J. Watt doesn't play for the Steelers. They were like zero and ten. I said, whoa, 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 what's going on? So I believe that's that one and eleven. Wow, one and eleven. Listen, we do not like to fact check our textures, <laughs> so we appreciate that. They I just them? couldn't believe do it. Do you miss me? Yeah, yeah, yes. that's that's legit. And he had yes. an MCL, so he was out of the mm-hmm. game and. Like we said, they were a double-digit dog going into that game. Uh, it flew over the over-under because in the beginning, when they thought it was going to be you know, the blizzard, the, the hellish lake of snow effect, that it would be 34, I think is what it was, and then it moved up to 38, and they still were able to get over that bad boy. All right, so the NFL, we're going to spend a bunch of time on it. The, the one thing, this is a slow snail's pace when it comes to the defensive coordinator for your Jaguars, because if you keep an eye on all the guys that are at least being mentioned as potential head coach uh, candidates uh, being interviewed, you're not going to hire a D coordinator until basically most or all of these head coaching jobs are filled. At least that's the way I see it. If you're reaching uh, for a name. Now, if you're ready to say, take, linebackers coach whoever it is and promote them then you got a better shot that's of, of where getting that job done. Y- you know I mean we haven't given the Jaguars a lot of credit for a whole heck of a lot and rightfully so perhaps over the last few months but this is where I got to give them credit did you guys see the list of candidates that the New York Giants have for their for their DC position I want to pull it up because because uh-huh. when you compare what who the Jaguars have requested which I understand some of them are currently blocked versus who the Giants have requested. I'm going to pull it up. It's from uh, their New York Post reporter. Here mm-hmm. we go. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, they are literally just going straight for the linebackers coach, potential DCs as opposed to the established guys. And so that's where here it is. So they've requested their DB coach, Jerome Henderson. So that would be an internal candidate. The Dolphins linebacker coach, Anthony Campanelli. And Chargers DC Derek Ansley, who of course did not call plays, Brandon Staley did. Mm-hmm. In comparison, the Jacksonville Jaguars obviously have requested Wink Martindale, who is in town today and tomorrow to interview with the Jaguars. Clearly, a proven defensive coordinator. Yellow light caution on Wink. We know they requested two current DCs who have currently been blocked in Ryan Nielsen and Ajiro Avero. They have also requested Chris Hewitt, 
the secondary coach passing game on the defensive side of the ball coordinator for the Ravens the past decade. Mm -hmm. Marco Emanuel, safeties coach for the Jets, has been in D.C. before. Chris Harris, the passing game coordinator for the Titans, and Shane Bowen, Bowen, excuse me, Mm -hmm. the D.C. for the Titans. So at the very least, I know we sat here a week ago, or a week plus, or a little less than a week ago, I guess, because Mike Caldwell was fired fired a week ago or so, um, and we questioned would the Jaguars go veteran D.C. versus a first-time D.C.? This list so far, I know it's not, you know, Mike Zimmer and Mike Tomlin and Mike, Mike Vrabel, but it certainly is more the veteran route. And even when it's those guys who haven't been a primary play caller, they have been entrenched in an established system for quite some time. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. I worry about is not having well, that, that position before. Well, I, for I, sure, I, it's a good name. Here's the thing. I mean, I, I know you, you want to you make the, the, the differentiation differentiate between the young and the old, but I'll be more concerned about the personnel groupings and what the defensive coordinator is going to use. Are you going to be more man? Are you going to be more zone? Are you going to be more 3-4? Are you going to be more 4-3? I mean, what kind of group do you blitz a lot? I mean, those those are the type of the variables that I'm, I'm more interested in to see what kind of resume he's going to propose here in Jacksonville because if you don't have the personnel, right. if you don't have the personnel for whatever coordinator comes here, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go get the personnel that's going to match what he his personnel groupings. So if, if he comes here and he looks at, look, we don't have the guys that, that up front or in the back end to cover for what I'm running, then the Jacksonville's got to do a job in the offseason and start getting some guys. Yeah, because, because it doesn't matter who you bring in here and his personnel groupings if you ain't got the players that right. can match what he, the intensity that he's trying to provide for this team. And it's funny because I get caught between a rock and a hard place because I don't want a coordinator to be stubborn and say, this is what I run, you guys better exactly. figure it out, or – uh, I, I I don't know if I want or, I don't know if I want the guy to say hey I'll match your personnel because the personnel yeah. may not be good uh, enough or or he he could be the type of guy that says okay this is this is what this is what you gave me to cook with well I got I've got to I've got to work out what I have mm-hmm. yeah. you know then but I don't want I don't want him to have to compromise yeah I mean whatever he does well I want him to be able to put the players in place so he can go out there and, and, and perform the way he's performed yeah hey Trent. Uh, get on that. It, it, like, let's just say. I mean, it, come on. I mean, everybody has. It's, it's just, just an excuse. Yeah. You, you deal with the guys you got. Yeah. Those are the guys. Do you want the job? Yeah. Do you want the job? Yes, I want the but job. But you get these, my point. These are the guys you got. We're going to try to upgrade in free yeah. agency. Okay. Right. Yeah. But you get yeah. my point. I understand what yeah. Leon's saying. I understand yeah. what you're yeah. saying. But at the end of the day, it's look. These are professionals. Put them in position to win. Right. That's all. Yeah. But but certain guys certainly have certain types of defense where they've been successful. Of course. Yeah. I would not lock in and go. Hey, my personnel insist that I go in a different direction. Now, there's hybrids everywhere, but you better – like Baltimore's been extremely successful mm-hmm. for a long time on that side of the ball. So what Hewitt is either has seen or coached, that's that's good stuff. You know what I mean seen. by that, right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. At some yeah, point, yeah. you just got to say, these well, are your guys. Deal with it. Well, you got to play for the strengths, what, what, what you have, and then you make the – you make the necessary adjustments and free agency and the draft and all day to accommodate what you actually want. But no, when he initially comes here, you, you do you want the job? Can you can you do something with, you know, make chicken, can you make chicken, these guys sa- better? Chicken yeah. salad out of you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. But but this much I know, we keep saying, hey, do better, play hard. It's your job, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They haven't done it. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. they did not do it, and it was coaching and it was personnel. It's both of them, and so it, it, it's. There are problem areas that they definitely have to figure out this offseason through acquisition of player yeah. and getting the right guy to well, coach. I, I, here's the thing. I, I, I think they have a decent triangle, okay? You got Trayvon Walker, you got Josh Allen, mm-hmm. if you re-sign them, mm-hmm. and you got Aluakon, mm-hmm. okay? So you can you need to build on those three right there, right. interiorly, 
side to side. I mean, Devin Lloyd was okay, all right? He had a better year than last year. And then you got the back end where you're going to play man to zone. Most of the times, a coordinator, a defense coordinator, likes to get after it a little bit. He likes to have man coverage DBs that can get it done man wise. Coach Campbell says those guys don't want to play man. They mm-hmm. play a lot of the zone because they don't think they're equipped to play man. Right. So you got to find those type of people in right. the draft and free agents or whatever you need to do. I, I'm just glad that you're in the camp that, that I feel like I've been in a while is the interior part of that defensive line. If you do not excel there, you are not going to get it done. You have got to collapse a pocket and get a quarterback moving off of his spot, uncomfortable. And even though that did not happen, Allen and Trayvon still got to double-digit sack. True. But they absolutely have to make sure they do that. Mm-hmm. Get big guys in the middle. By the way, Vita Vey is the first guy, at least with any consistency, that that finally got rid of or, or stopped uh, Jalen Hurts and the uh, you know the Hurts spurt uh, because a brotherly honestly, shove. Yeah, yeah, because that's the honestly no one has been able to stop that with any regularity. And Vita Vey is such a big man in the middle uh, that they were able to do it last I, night. I, I hated going up against Samoans. Yeah. Oh, they're so strong. They're so freaking strong. Yeah. (laughs) I'm serious. They are so freaking strong. You can put it on the epitaph. They are strong human beings. There is no question about it. Uh, All right. So we get to Tampa. Todd Bowles, if we were being honest midway through the year, the NFC South, there was at least a time where you could bet on the fact that the entire NFC South would clean house. Carolina Panthers fired their guy in Frank Reich. They're going to hire somebody new. Arthur Smith, he gone. Uh, Dennis Allen saved his job, and now obviously Todd Bowles saved his job because he's got him to the postseason. Todd Bowles saved his job. What sort of deal are you giving Baker Mayfield this offseason, Leon? Well, I mean, listen. Because they're not going to be picking a quarterback now. No, they're not. I mean, Baker had the, his best career as an NFL player, and he went behind the GOAT. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, no, that's, no, that's no easy task. I mean, right. he took him to a better – I mean, Tom Brady left up out of there at 8-9. I mean, he went, what? Ten and eight, yeah. those three touchdowns, and or eleven and set, yeah. six now, or eleven. Those and seven. ten, three touchdowns last night. I mean, guess what? They he had, looked poised and polished. They had a ton of drops last night. Yeah, he could have had more. I mean, I, Mike Evans had a couple oh. of drops down. The, oh. I mean, all he run, all he's running is nine routes. Usually mm. on those nine routes he runs, he catches those balls. Laid on his palm, he usually catches those. Yeah, right. exactly. And then there are a couple of other ones, but heck, the kid Palmer, Palmer out of LSU. He yeah. went and made an unbelievable play. Moore made an and, unbelievable play. So he was able to deliver the football. Godwin got in there late. And you got to remember, I mean, Pat, Baker Mayfield was dealing with an ankle and rib injuries. Yeah. And they said that early on, they said they were concerned about his deep balls. But they looked pretty good yesterday. I give him credit. Look, I, I, I've, I've learned painful <laughs> lessons. I bet against him, I lose. I bet on him, I lose. It, it's just a tough one. But he played well last night. Mm-hmm. So it's now time for the chicken or the egg question. Yeah. I guess the really bad Eagles defense. Let's oh, terrible, <laughs> terrible. Thank you, Joe. How many missed tackles? How many missed tackles? Did the Bucks win that game last night, or did the Eagles lose it? Yeah, it was just so many missed tackles of that guy. I mean, that, usually, the, I mean, last year we were talking about this was a a more disciplined team, a more attack friendly team that could get sacks. What did they have seventy sacks last year? Yeah, getting yeah. after it. Yeah. Second I mean, fewest in the NFL. Exactly. This year. I mean, th- I mean, this team just seems with the same, largely it's, same personnel minus Javon Hargrave, but you added Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. And, and th- th- see, that kind of players will get coaches fired right there. They're undisciplined. I it mean, was, because because if because here's the thing: if you're going to get beat physically, get beat physically because you're doing the right things. Not if you're not out of position, you're missing tackles. Then they, they that's reference to the coaching staff. Yeah. Not not having you in those positions, but 
that was just that that was just god awful so as far as those tackles yeah and, and it's not like they surrendered or anything like that no, they bad. just gave up and there's a difference between surrendering and giving up because they still want that check they just they gave up uh it, play after play after play they went from whatever say middle of the pack uh in defensive categories many of them either yeah. points per game yards per game whatever to to, yeah. to the bottom and that offensive line just got old right before my eyes. That was yep. one of the better offensive lines in the league last year. Just when they played Tampa early on this season, I mean, they had over 200 yards rushing against this team. And then they get up in there and they probably barely have 50. Let's, let's They're getting go. old, Kelsey. I know he's retired. Kelsey and Johnson. Yes, and Johnson, which yes. I do want to pay tribute to Jason Kelsey a little bit later in the 12 o'clock hour. But here's the problem, Leon. They ran the ball four times in the first half. Who's that sound like? Oh. Go ahead. Uh, exactly. Press. Exactly. Yeah. They were only down sixteen to nine. It was a one possession game at half. They ran the ball in. I know it wasn't ideal Tampa temperatures, but hey, it was better than oh, whatever they yeah. had going on in Buffalo or Kansas City this weekend. Well, four times. Well, they're just like us. DeAndre I mean, they, Swift was averaging yeah. six yards a pop, and they ran it four times. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're just like us. They tease us. I mean, what game was that where we like started the first four, four, first four plays of running the ball? The Ravens. The Ravens. Yeah. Uh, with six yards here, five yards here, four yards. I said, okay, all right, I see what you're doing, and then it disappears. Yeah. Goes away. Gone. 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 Why? Him gone. Kind, Why? Kind of like uh, Travis Kelsey's hands. Uh, he is now Travis Dropsy instead of Travis Kelsey. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, we we get it going. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. We crank it up on a Tuesday here on XL Primetime. So jump in uh, because you're trying to fix what was broke uh, here. And then who do you like uh, coming out of Super Wildcard Weekend into the divisional round? We'll do all that. Got to throw some college football as, at you as well uh, as that transfer portal is hot and heavy. We'll get into that as we go along today. Second and four. Here's another broken tackle. This is the rookie, Trey Palmer, and he is gone. Touchdown, Buccaneers. Well inside field goal range. Lofted up. Godwin. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Godwin. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. I've been waiting anxiously now for about... Three hours to perform this exercise. Are you ready, Josie? Okay, Are give you it ready, to me. Matt Hayes, Leon Cersei, mm-hmm. JJ LaSelva? All right. There's a team. I'm not telling you who the team is, what division they're in. It's an NFL team. I'll give you that. They need a complete overhaul on defense. All three levels. They also are in need of a new defensive coordinator. They might need a new center. Their franchise quarterback has regressed. And they probably need to start thinking about their third wide receiver spot. Who is that team? The Jaguars. Biggles. The Cats. Yeah, I would say the Jaguars, actually. Exactly. You're the, you're they the spot definitely on. are worried about their Matt, center spot. Uh, J- JJ? I would say the Eagles. pass rush seems all right here, I guess. Uh, but besides that, the rest of those, I would say Jacksonville. Uh, that tweet, uh, that exact tweet, by the way, because it was a tweet that wasn't just me rattling off various needs, mm-hmm. is from Elliot Shore Parks, who used to be the ESPN reporter in Philly. He is now the the O'Brien, if you may, of 94 WIP, the flagship station of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he is referring Eagles. to the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Okay. Yeah, that, that that was my guess when Kelsey stepped away. That mm-hmm. that, that that's the, not might he. 
He is stepping away. Well, so. they, they think that maybe Jurgens could move inside. Okay, Although last night, you. they also were all rattling off. I enjoyed scrolling this morning and listening yeah. to local Philly radio well, from they, afar. Uh, they were all bashing him, saying it was the worst game of his career last mm-hmm. night. Well, I mean, the Eagles and us, they, we could be Siamese twins. Absolutely. The same issues that they have, we have right here at home. Down the stretch. It, 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 look, down the stretch, everything you thought you could count on, you doubted when it was all said and done. And and that's that's the essence of what Philly went through. And, and like I said, there's there, that town is so passionate about their sports, and I know plenty of Philly fans. Uh, but uh, I also kind of revel in their misery. <laughs> I like seeing them go down hard. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Dallas or Philly, who would you rather see lose? Ah, you know, both of them talk about classic underachievers. That's the Dallas Cowboys. The Philadelphia Eagles thought, they had something special post Doug Peterson when they hired Nick Sirianni because Nick Sirianni was the guy that was going to come in there and basically take control. He did. He got them to the postseason three consecutive years. In between, uh, maybe uh, we got there, but we were not complete two, uh, excuse me, three seasons ago, middle of that, the Super Bowl performance, and then just absolutely unraveled under him this year. So what changed? Logic would suggest – Jonathan Gannon left for Arizona. Two coordinators. We knew we knew that that was a dismal situation in the desert. So the fact that they got as many wins as they did, I think, is a victory. They played, they played hard down the stretch. They beat the Eagles and the Cowboys. Hang the banner, and then of course, who do they lose on the offensive side of the ball? At yeah. coordinator. Yeah, Shane Steichen, who Shane is Steichen. now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, who came one game away from the postseason with G at the helm, not Anthony Richardson with G, and with largely, as I have contested throughout the last few weeks, largely the same roster as one year ago in which that team won four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you could give him credit. Now, nothing – this is going back to our argument as far as how hard it is to win in the National Football League versus college. It ain't easy, and it can come apart on you in a heartbeat. And so, Shane Steichen, you're like, okay, this is a great start. Well, we'll find out where they go. Nick Sirianni probably said after his first two years, I make it to the Super Bowl, this is a great start. They're not running my behind out of the city of brotherly love anytime soon, and it still could potentially happen. And, and so those, are, those were his colonels, his lieutenants, however you want to describe it. Those guys were running the show. On both sides this of Capos. the ball, you're not you're not running Sirianni, are you? Oh, I, that, that's I, well, how we started buffs, the show. The I mean, it's got to start so, it's very, somewhere. I would not be shocked. What would I be more shocked by? Mike McCarthy getting fired or Nick Sirianni? I would get, I would be more shocked with Sirianni getting canned, but I would not be shocked. Honestly, not be shocked. That really? team, he came made apart. a switch in DC midway through the season without telling anyone. Yeah, that team came apart. That's all right, I, I'm all right with that. He went yeah. to the Super Bowl went last year. Super Bowl year. I know, but year, man, okay. All right, so now here's what you got to decide. You guys, the you guys don't want to fire Doug Peterson because he won right. one playoff game uh, last year. They didn't year. get the Super Bowl, bro. I mean, come That's on. That's my point. Is I, you guys, my point is you guys are saying Doug Peterson is more secure. No, no, not you guys. Not you guys. Yeah. 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 Well, Doug Peterson is more secure in his job, and he only won one playoff game last year. Right, if Eddie went to the Super Bowl. Between those two guys, like, he should be way more secure. Sirianni or Peterson? Peterson is yeah. the guy should be way higher That's on that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Should go list. You also have to remember who ownership is in Philadelphia. Right. No, I, I, I get all of that. I get right. all of that. I'm and just the, saying strictly on performance. That's right. all I'm saying. So it, it, it does crack me up that a team can win 12 games, and that's job security, and then lay an egg like Dallas did, and we were ready to run Mike McCarthy off, okay, at home, 
No, I I, well, I want to I want to run him off because he, last year. but he's a repeat offender. Right, he's also yeah, that's exactly. why I want to run him off. They can't win a playoff game. Yeah, mm, at home, Sirianni's proven he can. Where they're sixteen, where they're sixteen and zero for the last two years. Yeah. They haven't lost at home in two years. There doesn't have to be an exact And, criteria. I mean, the guy was in the Super Bowl last year, too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think my whole point is is that – Not you, that far away from winning the Super Bowl, either. Yeah, when you get that far and then you fall this far, do you not get that? Sure, you I do. You took them sure. to that level and sure. then you fell to this level. That's massive. Well, but they okay, fell I'm to a level that's it, still among the elite 14 in the league. Yeah. Got it. They made it to the postseason. The guy here fell out of that elite 14. I get it. Did you see that act last night? Yeah, it was terrible. Did you see the act the last six weeks here? I agree. You can criticize the hell out of Doug Peterson. Are you going to bounce him after two years? This guy's been there three years. All three of them have been postseason appearances. <laughs> like I said, you can argue for or against. It's, that's what makes the opinion the opinion. Okay, it, you, I don't have to say, oh, I submit. Uh, I agree with you now. No, it's just my opinion. And they, and they look up there in Philadelphia. No, but I think you're kind of enforcing your opinion on us, actually. No, no, no. I'm not even trying to get you to change your mind at all. I'm just stating mine. Whenever you go, <laughs> wait a minute, you can't get rid of that guy. Why wouldn't you get rid of this guy? I'm like, both of them probably are We're, candidates. JJ to be and I are just bringing it closer to home. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just. That's how I started exactly. this exercise. Yeah. That's all. If this guy's on the chopping block or the hot seat, I mean, right. what is Doug Peterson? Well, right, Again, let me, let me, they are the Spider-Man meme, the Eagles and the Jaguars, if only for the last eight right. weeks. Well, uh, you can't dismiss they're it. They're not, though, because they went to the Super Bowl last year. I said the last eight weeks. Okay, but yeah. that's my, we're talking about like if this guy should get canned or not. Right. JJ, I don't think, think either about one it. should get fired. I think they ch- both are should be pretty secure in their job. Yeah, but That's why I'm like flabbergasted by all the fire Sirianni stuff yeah. today. Well, I don't look, get it. It, it. This is how we roll. We like firing people. I think you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but think about it's this. It's kind of our Like job McCarthy I get because <laughs> he's done nothing there. Right, but three consecutive 12-win seasons, do you just run that guy out? It's a fair question. No. Is the devil you know I mean, you better do, than the devil you, you don't? You do if he's never done anything in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's Dallas, and like the expectations are always crazy high. Yeah. You know, like same thing in Philly. Philly, but he's done something there. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But at the same time, what did he do to follow it? And they were ten and one. Ten and one. So and it would have what been happened a disappointment anyway. Ex- like anything but going back to the Super Bowl. No, is that it, what you're saying? All I'm simply saying is you need to look the part as a Super Bowl performer a season ago, and coming down the stretch when you start to assert yourself, which is what Philly did a year ago, and I know there were losses, but there weren't a ton of losses. I know there were injuries, but there weren't a ton of injuries. I think they actually did better than most teams that lose in the Super Bowl. Most teams that lose the Super Bowl don't even make the playoffs. They're terrible the yeah, next year. It, and yeah, they, they don't make actually won like 11 yeah. games. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think they – underperformed yeah. but usually you get like the Rams who just totally go into the tank they don't even make the playoffs they win like four games or something uh I just think Sirianni's a good coach mm-hmm. what happened then I mean we're not in Philly but I'm just curious like what happened the these defense last seven was years? terrible they lost a lot of guys on defense last even when they won those 10 games we were coming in here every Monday saying the f- Eagles look really weird they don't look the same Hurts. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Hurts can read a defense to save his life. Yeah, I mean, that, I don't look, even. Made, I don't know if he's the answer there long term. I mean, he yeah. was reading defenses last year and earlier this season. I guess. Yeah. And they I mean, made well, a decision. I don't know if he was earlier in the season. I mean, he had like 15 picks. Yeah, I, I've been questioning that guy for a while. You guys know that, but 
because I just haven't seen it this year. And that 10-1 and one may have been fool's gold as much as anything. But at the same time, they decided to pay that guy. And, and everything was they, – they made moves to go get DeAndre Swift to put him in the backfield. Uh, they had guys that were making plays. Dallas Goddard, they survived that injury and got, back, got him back. And then A.J. Brown basically decided to shut it down. And that's a head coach that needs to be in charge of that part of the, of the uh, franchise as well. Uh, all I'm saying is that it, it, it warrants a discussion. I'll say that about Sirianni. He's let his locker room become a mess. It's eroded, man. And like that's what I'm saying. fights on the sidelines and all that stuff. But can't, I just can't forget what he's done with – to me, uh, average quarterback. Like, yeah. he got to the Super Bowl with an average quarterback. He won 11 games this year with an average quarterback okay. with the tush push. That average quarterback is getting paid. I'm not saying he's not. Well, uh, they, congratulations they him. to him. <laughs> they consider him more than average, is my point. He is getting paid. Most people do. Yeah. I, I just don't buy it. Yeah. Like, right now, I'd still rather have Trevor than him. Yeah. Easy. Uh, no yeah, questions. I, yeah, I, I agree, and I'm sure I'll, I'll Duval saying I hope so uh, because that's what you – But most of the yeah. NFL world would laugh at that opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. All I know is that Jalen Hurts and that offense took a major step back, and, and they were rocking and rolling at one point. And the head coach, it does fall at his feet. It falls at Doug Peterson's feet. When you lose the way you did down the stretch, when you don't have your team, Leon completely committed and looking organized, that was his product as much as it was Mike Caldwell's product on the defensive side of the ball. And talk about having a handle on your locker room and getting guys to play hard and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's real. So Peterson should not be free from criticism at all. No, I still want to get back to the point where y'all talked about y'all would take Trevor over a quarterback that – Quarterback led a team to a Super Bowl. I would. I think Trevor's ceiling's well, way higher than Hurts. I, I think Hurts has hit his. Ceiling. Do y'all not remember how, how Jalen Hurts played on the way to the Super Bowl and he outplayed Mahomes in the Super Bowl? We don't recall. Yeah, that. It was it was special. It was special, but it was like very said, special. They made a decision to pay him, and yeah. then when you see in both of these players, both Jalen and Trevor regressed this year, right? Uh, yeah, I, I get both that. of yeah, them. Yeah, because of uh, the nickname you gave Trevor down the stretch. Because both of them took a step back. And so, yeah, you got to make a decision. Uh, are you going to be able to get more out of Jalen? Are you going to be able to get more out of Trevor going forward? So, I, I, I get it's, a, it's an interesting argument, actually. Mm -hmm. It really is. I mean, I, I think if, if you're really looking at it right now, long term, you would probably say that Trevor's got a better shot, right? But those 60 turnovers in three years, man, yeah, that's, that's a red yeah, that's flag. What I'm looking at. That yeah. is a red flag flag yeah leading the league and I get it he makes unbelievable throws but there's way there's way too few unbelievable throws and not enough of just take the profit mm -hmm. well both of these guys you I can would say argue Jalen Hurts also had moments of that this year too yeah I mean, yeah, yeah no, the, no I don't disagree with that but all, all I'm Jets, saying is it's the, that's 60 in three years man yeah, yeah. and and, and Jalen was toe, toe for toe with those guys at the top throwing interceptions this year he he, he threw a bunch of them but, you know, same thing. Both of these guys dealt with injuries. Are they going to be able to use those in, as an excuse? I don't know. Injuries themselves and Everybody's injuries to injured, key players man. around them. Everybody's injured. I, I know that. it's a How many of those turnovers in the last two years cost them wins? Yeah. Think about that. Quite, quite, yeah, I would think quite a few. But I, it's so funny that we, we say we can't use it as an excuse, but it is a, a, an excuse. Both Jalen and Trevor were hurt. 
Yeah, both you, had you should guys be allowed to say that. You know, if the quarterbacks hurt, you should be allowed them. to use that as an excuse. Yeah, or the main receiver AJ Brown, yeah. right? Which I think that's part and of Christian Kirk. But uh, part of the, the offense last year with AJ Brown was, hey, I'm going to close my eyes and throw up a prayer on the right. sideline. Yeah. Like to me, that yeah, you have to have a strong arm, but I don't necessarily think like, Brown. oh, what a great quarterback. Right, you have to have AJ Brown. You got to give him a little bit more credit. How many games did Kirk? How many games did Kirk this year? Let me stick up for Trevor right Ow. now, bro. Six hey, games. Listen. So, so Kirk missed six listen. games this year, right? What about like yeah, the other the, um, the other Bengals like game? you know twenty six games, twenty seven games he played in, and the turnovers were still there. Add up the the Zay missing factor as well along with yeah, so we're just going to keep making excuses <laughs> which we also Look, uh, you always say that because it's i i think it's so funny to say that as the argument because those are real yeah are you ready for some stats? well why does why does mahomes just keep throwing to just random dudes streaking across He's the like middle the best quarterback uh, no 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 man. wait 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 but trevor's supposed to be a generational guy is all i'm saying but so we know that's, so, that he's not anymore yeah, that's up for debate now uh the that's mahomes thing long ain't up for gone debate. I would also say that Andrew Luck had a similar string of, you know, the offensive line is awful. Who are his wide receivers? Don't think that that will be. He was also dubbed a generational talent. Why did Aaron Rodgers just keep throwing, finding guys open? Aaron Rodgers was generational. Right. 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 Okay. Exactly. I'm just keep throwing. I am not making. Why does Dak keep throwing people open for the most most part, Uh, except for in playoff games? Did you see his act the other night? (laughs) It was not good. I mean, my gosh. Um, Here's some numbers for you. This is uh, thanks to Jaguar Report for this. Because this is with regards to Dane Brugler's latest mock draft in which he has the Jaguars going. Wide receiver mm-hmm. Brian Thomas at number 17 overall, which plenty of Jags fans this morning were stunned at that development. Um, out of 68 wide receivers with 100 targets over the last two years, so 68 total wide receivers, right? Out of 68, 100-plus targets. Zay Jones ranks number number 58 in yards per route, number 67 in drop percentage, and number 60 in yards per target. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what Kirk's numbers are. I would think they're better. But if you lose Calvin Ridley, you have those two. And then what you got? Parker Washington, Elijah Cooks, Tim Jones, Jamal Agnew's a free agent. Can you really roll into 2023 with just those five? Especially given what we've just outlined with Jalen Hurts, how he could say, screw it, A.J. Brown's down there somewhere. Smitty's down there somewhere. He has those two guys. Yeah, you Smith, look. You Smith. look at what the Texans have. They got Tank Dell and Nico Collins. You look at what the Dolphins have. They have Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, this uh, is what you're rolling with. Trent will be on top of that this entire offseason. Be all over it. At some particular point, you gotta get over yourself and get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, we can make. And I'm not talking about making any excuses there, but but 60 turnovers in three years—that's a lot of damn turnovers. You've got to fix uh, it. He's got to fix it. He's absolutely yeah. got to fix yeah. it. And he's got to understand that I always say this: sometimes the layup is good as the jumper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it, his layups, it all counts the same. It all counts the freaking same. And are you mistake free or mistake prone? Mm-hmm. That that really exactly. is the essence of yeah. it. He, what? There's got to be more easy throws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to accept the easy throws. Yeah, you would. And, and, it's almost like in his head, he's like, "I got to make a big play every time," and you don't. You yeah. just don't. And Doug's got to coach that back in him. And like we said, Trevor for his entire football life has not faced this adversity on any regular basis except for one year uh, most of one year under herb because it was just kind of a hot mess but other than that he has not faced this no, type and, of and, challenge and here's the, again i in his own game i understand what you're saying about injuries i agree with you okay yeah. like the the last two out throws that he missed by a country mile both of them yeah that had to be his i shoulder, did not expect okay? that i did not see right, that coming right yeah. that's because that's a throw he makes 
all the time, right. on time, with anticipation. It happens all the time. That clearly was, I'm sure, his shoulder, okay? Mm-hmm. But you can go back over the last two years, because I'll even give him the mulligan for Herb, all right? But the last two years, he's made big mistakes. Not just mistakes, big mistakes. Yes, yes. And the other thing is like we've maintained is that Josh Allen has cleaned up a lot of that, but he still makes the mistake, but he makes up for it. He makes up for it. And he did that. The the biggest example is what Josh Allen did against Miami on the road to win the AFC East. Two picks in the end zone. Right. And and then coughed up the football. And, and he made up for it. And, and, like, it was just unreal how he's like, okay, I screwed that one up. Note to self, don't do that again. And then he went right out and, and made And I'm not plays. saying this dude here can't can't be that. Right. All I'm saying is it's got to change. Yes. Whatever his well, offseason uh, preparation is, it's got to change. No, no, that's no, got to no. be topic number one with him yeah. in, no, in no, his no. own mind. Now in defense of Trevor now, we talk about Josh Allen. I mean, he can implode, but he finds a way to win a game. Yeah. I mean, a playoff game against the Chargers. I mean, Trevor, four, four interceptions. Don't get no worse than that. Yeah. All right? But we, we, we saw a little something in him in that particular game where – you know, he was making up for those mistakes like that. But far too often, we don't see that comeback from Trevor. And that's why I thought what we saw then, mm-hmm. that what followed would be even greater or on that level. Mm-hmm. And what followed has been disappointment. It really has. Now, there's no mistaking knee, ankle, shoulder, head. Those all got hurt this year. Those are real too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, you, 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 he's got, he has to do – a classic look in the mirror and course correct. Well, I would just look at Josh Allen uh, yesterday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody was concerned about his turn. No turnovers, three yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. Took clean, care of the football. Clean. And he ran and, his and, ass and off. He, absolutely. Which I wish and, Trevor would do more. Because he can. The, the seriousness of, 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 of being in the playoffs is like, I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't serious the last couple of years or whatever, but he was reckless. He was absolutely reckless with the ball, carrying the ball, formal getting strips, throwing interceptions, whatever. But I think that right now he knows that he has an absolutely, absolutely an opportunity to get to the chip. Yeah. And he's taking care of the football. Now he's still he's still gonna run that ball and be reckless and he's gonna hammer it down and, and get those yards or whatever. But I think that he understands that, especially in the playoffs, turnovers kill you. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Beaver Toyota, Beaver Chevy, they bring you today's show. Love working with them. They would love working with you. They are there to wow you. That's the sale and the service, and that is absolutely 100% part of the equation. I have to have that service agreement going along with that sale. They can take care of it, make you always feel good when you head into the lot or off the lot. Beaver Toyota, St. Augustine.com, BeaverChevrolet.com. So into the 1 o'clock hour, we'll at least handicap a little bit what these divisional races look like, and then, you know, stand on your Jaguars. You know, what can they fix? What do they need to fix? All those types of things. Those have to be discussions that Doug and Trent are having right now. So let's have them too. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. One o'clock hour is here, a little rain on the first coast. I guess it's coming and going different parts of Duval and beyond. And then we've got cold weather coming in. Uh, so make sure uh, you bundle up, stay safe on the roads. One o'clock hour, Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Maddie Hayes, Big Surf's back. And we are full tilt with JJ working it. Uh, we've got 
a little bit more in the NFL world that we want to get to and then you know, kind of stand on your Jaguars and the theme as far as how do you get to where you want to be like these other teams. And it is a come-and-go world. There is no doubt about it in the National Football League, and we definitely got to get to the college football world. You want to talk about comings, comings and goings? Oh, my gosh. But I got to at least bring this up. The Stanley Cup, we brought it up. So I just read this this morning, and it shocked me. Okay. Wait, is this NHL or the actual cup? The actual cup. Oh boy. Yeah. So Here the Stanley Cup the is one that called keeps your ice cold. Yeah, this is the way this is the way it reads. TikTok's favorite tumbler helped its 100-year-old parent company earn 750 million dollars in sales last year. Oh, it's a Stanley Tools Cup. Yeah, it's it's the it's the coldest Oh, is it made by Stanley Tools? Well, it's got to be that. It's the parent yeah. company, it's right? The, it's a a hundred-year-old parent parent company, so it might Gotta be that be one, tools, yeah. but it can survive fires, keeps drinks cold for hours, and I just thought when I saw that number, seven hundred and fifty million dollars, and I'm still over here rocking mine full it, cup. It, yeah, that's a cold cup, bro. I'm looking at it right now. For, it's a cup. It's more than a cup, bro. Yeah, it's a okay. it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's a, oh really? Oh let me, yeah. Let, and that's why TikTok just, just took off. Is that, Whoever is that it? Yeah. Is that it right there? That's it, bro. How much does it sell? What's what's the price for? Forty five bucks. Forty five yeah. bucks, and it sold seven hundred million. Seven hundred fifty billion <laughs> in a year. Seriously. Okay? So it's just it's nuts when you think about it. And once something gets going and it gets red what hot, wrong with this society? how much divided by forty five? So they sold sixteen million six hundred sixty six thousand six hundred sixty seven cups. Oh God my bless gosh! Him. God bless him, because bro. some. Yeah. Influencer? Uh, well, more than be. one, because apparently a, it became their favorite. So you're gonna you're gonna tell me at some point that Come Taylor on. Swift was walking around with one. That's what you're gonna tell me, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe she's standing in line getting that, uh, waiting for that appointment. How about uh, that guy who does like the the Gillette shaving commercials? He's mm. literally just a TikTok star. Yeah, and, and really? now he's in commercials with his dad. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, maybe it's one of them. Maybe mm. it's one of those situations. It, it does I was take wondering off. who that guy is. Straight like, up, every was... time that commercial comes on, I'm like, am I supposed to know who this kid is? Like, Straight they... up got famous on TikTok with his making videos oh, with his dad. Oh, so that's they don't why... explain that to you. At no. least when to. like a very fringe NFL star or NBA star is in a commercial, yeah. they'll be like subtitle. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, no, no, like if they'll you think like, about oh, it, oh, Dame Lillard. From yeah. the Trailblazers or the yeah. Milwaukee Bucks. Like, yeah. they'll tell you who he is. I'm I, I needed that for those ads. Thank you, though, Mia. Yeah, Yes, I'm... but that's where I, why, as much as we always default to Taylor Swift, we also have to understand that, like, there are literally randos on the street that are now famous because of TikTok. Extremely famous. But I'm sitting there thinking of my Gatorade Fast Twitch or just the Gatorade Energy commercial, and they show Dame. I don't think they say who he is. I think they just show him. Who? Dame Lord. I'm, yeah. I just use yeah. him as an example. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just thinking of that one. That one immediately jumped. And, and so, like Derrick Henry, he's never identified, but he is certainly not a fringe guy. That's for sure. Uh, uh, sadly, when Mike Trout's on commercials, they, they have to be him. like Mike Trout of Major League Baseball. It's like, That one it. does make That's sense. Sad. That's self-explanatory. Yeah. It's baseball. Uh, all right. Uh, who you like? Early lean. Because at one point <clears throat> yesterday, you were looking at the possibility of what the playoff matchups would look like. And you thought, eh, all right, Philly, as much as they've stunk, they're probably going to be able to pull this bad boy off. They were the favorite. And it would have had Green Bay going to San Francisco and the Philadelphia Eagles going to Detroit. Well, now that's changed. Yeah. Now you've got Green Bay 
uh, entertain uh, Tampa Bay uh, <clears throat> going to Detroit and Green Bay playing Frisco. Right, that's a, still a ten. Is it a ten point line? I'm pretty sure it's it is. Nine and a half. I know. I know mm. the Texans are nine and a half point dogs. Going yeah, still a ten Baltimore. point line. And then Which the other one actually dropped to nine on my bookie. So there's no that the Packers though remain nine and a half point dogs heading yeah. to the Bay Area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then now we have Baltimore and Kansas City first road game, like we said for Pat Mahomes yeah. uh, in the postseason. And then the other half is Houston and Baltimore early lean. Oh, yeah. As far as momentum goes, who looked the best over the weekend? Who do you I mean, like? I, I, yeah. Buffalo is still the team for me. I yeah. mean, and I think it's going to be different this year because the fact that they got KC coming into their crib instead of going into KC. I think they're going to be the rude welcome. I mean, KC looked good. I mean, they were in the frigid cold against the Dolphins. I don't know how much the Dolphins wanted to be in that game, to be quite honest with you. But I, I, right now, Buffalo and the Lions look like two of the teams right now that, that got a little buzz going with them. Expected zero degrees. At kickoff, Sunday oh, night, nice. between the Bills and the Chiefs. Thankfully, they're no stranger to it after the games they've no. just played this weekend. Mm-hmm. But yeah, zero degrees at 8.15 p.m. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. no sun. Yesterday, at least, the Bills got a little bit of sunshine. That helped melt it, maybe, possibly, or at least yeah. make it a little bit warmer. But but it's true that there will not be shock from the traveling team or the home team. Both of them have to embrace it. Now, I'm going to use uh, the snow, and we'll uh, change it to – uh, Pacifico, so we'll try and warm up with a little bit. Let's do our path through the playoffs uh, from the Atlantic to the Pacifico. Let's look at all these games. What's coming up? Pacifico, found in Baja, imported by surfers. For those who like to live life, anchors up. And let's get a little Pacifico chatter going with the playoffs. Uh, Matty, my beer guy, big Packer fan, so he's all sorts of stoked. But you mentioned that line had moved just a little bit from 10 down to 9.5. The Green Bay Packers, you have to respect what you saw the other night. Now, the question is, pretty obvious, Leon, is that, is, was that a product of what Dallas didn't do, or is it truly what Green Bay does right now in terms of what they can do offensively? Well, I mean, that, that's the team that, first and foremost, the quarterback was equipped. Uh, he was equipped, and, and, and the offensive line posed as well on their defense. And if you watch that game, the Green Bay Packers literally ran three-run plays. They ran power, wham, and zone. And that's then it. they play action off of it. I mean, that's keeping it simple. That's letting your offensive line know that, listen, I, I, we, we're going to block these guys. Yeah. We're going to run the ball effectively with Aaron Jones, and then we're going to play action off of it. That's essentially what they did the whole game, to be quite honest. And, and the other thing is, is that the Dallas Cowboys, and Dan Quinn is a candidate for a head coaching job. Multiple, by the way. Multiple mm-hmm. interviews that he's taking. He ran 48 out of 54 plays in nickel or dime. Yeah, he was in a three, he was in what a three three five the, the hell whole are game. You doing? Coach Campos did you see, you guys the, did you see the splits oh, yeah. that these guys had? Oh, and yeah. the, no wonder they got ran on. Coach Campos sent it to me. Uh, I think yeah. it yesterday or yeah. today. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh man, listen, that's 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 just poor. Coach Campos had a great line for it. No wonder they ran the ball all day. They play the run on the way to the passer. Yeah, yeah, inexcusable. Well, I mean, Coach Campo was saying the same thing about about the Baltimore Ravens. He said, we can't run the ball on this team. We got problems. Because the Baltimore Ravens get after the quarterback, and then they react to the run. Mm -hmm. We couldn't do either. Uh, They started Uh, running. Yeah, we (laughs) did initially. And then we forgot. And then they abandoned. And then we forgot. Okay, so let me just give you this one interesting thing, which I – look, uh, maybe Coach can chime in on this a little bit later on because he'll be in in the 2 o'clock hour. But I'm listening to Chris Sims, and he said something kind of interesting, that Joe Barry – the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, had seen so much West Coast offense that he couldn't wait to get his hands on what Mike McCarthy was doing and that this is the other part of it, the 
influence that Mike Shanahan had on the Matt LaFleurs, the Slowicks, all those guys, the Kyles of the world. Anyway, that offense, there's so many different things that you can run off of that, and Dallas didn't have an answer. So both of them. In other words, they're suggesting that the West Coast offense has been figured out by some of these defensive guys. What does Doug Peterson run? A version of a West Coast offense. Uh, and then the other side of it, where they have all these different things they can run uh, off of the, these formations uh, with the Green Bay Pack. It yeah. shocked me when I heard it. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay took it, it kept it simple. They, they kept it simple, and they effectively ran the ball first and foremost, established the run. And then, listen, I, I was so impressed by the young quarterbacks this weekend because I, it, it's not easy to go into your first playoff game and play the way these two guys played in this game. You're talking about guys who essentially had – the same stats, to be quite honest with you. I mean, you got 12, what was it, 16 of, of 21, 18 mm-hmm. of 21, right. over 270 yards and three touchdowns by both of these guys in their first playoff appearance? Yeah. That just doesn't happen. I mean, now one was on the road. That, yeah. that one was even more impressive. Yeah. Because Josh, cause Jordan Love was on the road against the Dallas Cowboys and played, played, played his butt off. And then, you know, C.J. Stroud, he's still on the road. So, I mean, I, I was so impressed by both of these guys coming in the first – playoff game and playing as well as they play. Now, their next stomp, their, their next trip, <laughs> that's going to be even more impressive. Oh, it's going to be a out. heavy lift. That's you, for sure. You're talking about the 49ers and the Ravens. Yeah, they're both facing number one seeds, uh, but uh, for C.J. Stroud up against one of the top defenses, obviously tops when it comes to uh, pass pressure and so on, and then a pretty respected defense in Dallas. The other thing that Sim said, which I thought was interesting, was that this offense that Matt LaFleur has up in Green Bay Aaron Rodgers refused to run it. I found that really interesting. Well, That's very if this is I mean, a different offense than what Aaron Rodgers insisted on running up in. I, I don't want to minimize what Shanahan has done and what his, you know, his coaching Disciples, tree has done. Yeah. Okay, however you want to call it. But when you can run the ball in the NFL, you can do a lot of different things, and formationally, you can do a lot of different things. And so. Look at the Texans. When the Jags went there and beat the Texans, they ran for less than 100 yards. That's how you beat the Texans. Yeah. That's how the when, the when the Packers lose in the playoffs, because they will lose in the playoffs, they'll have less than 100 yards rushing. Or how about the it. fact that they went, like, what, 1-5 without Aaron Jones this year? Right. So well, it's, it's yes, it, if you can run the ball in the NFL, you can set up so many different let me, things. Let me build off that. Yeah. What you can set up is play action. This is from Mina Kimes, courtesy. So Greg Olson tweeted this. Let's backtrack. Greg uh-huh. Olson. Of course, Fox broadcaster, yeah. former NFL tight end, tweets, if you don't, can't put your quarterback under center on early downs in the NFL, you are making your quarterback's life very difficult, to which Mina Kimes says, yes, that's because play action is important. Establishing the run to open up play action is important. C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love using under center play action in the wild card round. Mm-hmm. 10 of 12 for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, honestly, you have to be able to do it, and then give you the and give the defense the element that you can do it again. Yeah, you can't be one dimensional, especially in the playoffs. You got to run the football. Absolutely, got to run the football. Now, the other thing you got to remember is that was Dallas's D, which was soft as as, as you know Jello against the run. Mm-hmm. Soft now you're going to see Fred Warner and company. Oh yeah, uh, and, and we'll find out number seven playing the back end. That is. That's going to be a little different. That's kind of my point. Like, when they rush for less than 100 yards this week, you're going to see why. What yeah. happens with the pass game? What happens right. with Jordan Love? I right. think Jordan Love looks unbelievable. He, unbelievable. he really does, man. But I, he, but when you can run the ball like that, yeah. a lot of quarterbacks going to yeah. look good. And Aaron Jones, like I said, one of my favorite cats to watch. All right, uh, Houston going up to Baltimore uh, real quick. Uh, Matt, we talk about what C.J. Stroud has done uh, to this point. Just an absolute, uh, really outstanding rookie season. And he's survived – 
two weeks missing with the concussion. He's come back strong. He went up against one of the best defenses in the National Football League. Uh, now he's going to go up against Baltimore. Yeah, again, but again, if you can run the ball, mm-hmm. they're going to be okay. And with Singletary, they've run the ball fairly well. And the way he he's so hot right now, the way he's playing, and he's not going to be like this for the rest of his career. Like he, mm-hmm. Everything he's doing right now is right on target. Um, I think he's going to be a great quarterback, but he's literally playing at an elite level right now. So what, could they go in there and beat the Ravens? 100% they could. 100%. Both, of them, both of them are at nine or double-digit numbers as far as an underdog is concerned. Nine points for the game. Nine and a half, did you say? Uh, for nine for the uh, for, for the Packers, yeah, the, no, yeah. the Texans are nine point dogs, and the Packers are nine and a half. Yeah, nine and a half for them. Well, so I just don't know if they can physically four. line a scrimmage matchup with the Ravens. If they can, yeah. I think they got a chance to win well, the game. But I, I think both teams are young enough not to know any better. I, they're the number one seed. So what? Mm-hmm. Are you playing with house money? Let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, building off it's of true, because Baltimore's been a one seed before. I mean, and got knocked off. How close were the Jags last year to win that game with Kansas City? A so fumble. It's, yeah. Small Agnew fumble away no, from scoring. No, Chad Henney, 99 yards. Yeah, there's also that. one uh, left that, a scar. Yeah, that baby, that was yeah. that we should have seen this year coming after that. That oh, left a scar. God. That was the omen. Uh, building off of that play action stat that I read off from Mina Kimes, uh-huh. our boy Gus, right on cue. Uh-huh. You ready for this one? Gustavo, chiming in. Trevor Lawrence, under center. In 2023, 47 attempts from under center, which was 22nd mm. among all quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. 22nd amount of attempts. Yards per attempt, 13.3 yards, which was first in the National Football League. In shotgun, he had 517 snaps, which was fifth. The Jaguars ran shotgun the fifth most in the National Football League. Yards per attempt, 6.6 yards, 21st. So it's cut in half. It's not okay. that hard. Right? Yards per attempt is it's cut right in half. There. By more than 50%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's And it's a- also not like the Texans, like with all due respect to Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, who yeah. have looked awesome at times. It's not like they have Aaron Jones or Christian McCaffrey. And the other part of it is just following what you're saying. And it was – they don't have a great offensive line either. No. It's okay? patchwork. Yeah. They don't have a great offensive line. And so this football team had better figure that out. But it ain't the only thing they need, they need to figure out. It, it's all of that scheme. It's everything. All right. So a little Pacifico path – through the playoffs as we keep an eye on it. Don't forget Pacifico when you head to Takalu or any one of the other watering holes, just order one of those delicious Pacificos. Remember, found in Baja, imported by surfers for those who live life. Anchors up. Well, let's get a quick that in right now, JJ, as things are moving. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, Bill Belichick has not accepted a job including not for the Atlanta Falcons, who he interviewed for the head coaching vacancy mm-hmm. with yesterday, but some other shakeup in the AF, in the NFC South, excuse me, as the Saints are replacing longtime offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael, the last remaining staff member who was here for the entire 18 years under Sean Payton. And so a new-look offense looming for Dennis Allen and the Saints. Mm-hmm. And Carmichael, respected name, been around for a long, long time, that's for sure. Spent some time here in Jacksonville, I'm pretty sure, uh, in the early days of TC. Uh, all right, we'll keep it rolling. It's XL Primetime, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, a Tuesday, every single day they can while you. Just make sure you check them out online, shop that way, or head on the lot uh, and dig some of those rides that they've got. So college football, we think – Jimmy Harbaugh might be close to making a decision. We'll tell you what he's got to decide on dollars-wise coming up. 
Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. 23 minutes past the 1 o'clock hour on a Beaver Toyota Beaver Chevy Tuesday edition of XL Primetime. Hope you're staying dry out there. Hopefully the rain will subside at some point. I I do have to say, Leon, I I felt bad complaining about the rain when I know that my parents have five inches of snow in New Jersey. My friends out in the Midwest, 30 inches of snow, negative seven this morning. And here I am. Ah, there's two inches of standing water in the driveway. But it's still, it still just brings the whole mood down, does it not? The rain? No, I don't have a problem with the rain. You're okay? No. No? Mm-mm. You embrace the rain? I'm here. I, I hate walk, rain. I, you ever walk through the rain and not get wet? It's called a mindset. Ever since we got Cam Ward, I've been feeling like I, that. Hey, just blew great my mind. segue there, JJ. <laughs> great segue. We uh, we missed Leon yesterday, so we did not get his take he on- uh, He was down there the, closing the, the deal. Yeah, he was wow. closing the deal at uh, in good old Coral Gables, right? For Cam Ward? No, that's me. Because, yeah, Ward. because I think like you know we, we were we were in the desert of sorts with Miami. We who, were. Who would be the quarterback? The rain came and uh, let the rain fall down and wake my dreams of Cam Ward. Here he is. You have a quarterback. Yeah, I, listen. I was excited to hear about it yesterday. When, the news hit yesterday, right? Absolutely. Uh, oh, Friday, Friday night. Friday, yeah, Friday night. night. Was it Friday night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was excited about elated about it because we initially thought we had him. You know, tied in, hog tied in to, to Miami. Listen, you leave Miami, you ain't supposed to want to go nowhere else. So I mean, I don't know why you went to Tallahassee. Ain't nothing up there. But, <laughs> but, but, but no. But listen, the kid Miles got in the draft evaluation, and, and they figured out his stock wasn't uh, adequate to him um, going out. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into the NFL, and he decided to come on home. So um, we, we, we're welcome. With and arms. that's big news because today, mm-hmm. to his brother Talia who was expected to be the guy at Miami if they didn't get Cam Ward, he was ruled ineligible by the NCAA for another year. So he has to go to the draft. Seventh year? Yeah. Why? Is that what he wanted? Hey, hey, there are guys who have gotten that. If he would have stayed at Maryland, I think he could have played, right? There's uh, Seth Towns, Uh, the the basketball player who started at Harvard, transferred to Ohio State, Missed his two seasons because of injury. Is currently playing his eighth season, I think it is, of college basketball at Howard this year. It's seventh or eighth year. Wow. Because of COVID, now, because of medical. Yeah. No, I heard, I heard, I've heard of guys like that go to BYU and they go on a mission and right. they come back and all that kind of stuff. So I understand they get five, six, seven years, whatever, but he just must love college or something like that. At well, some particular point, you got to go out and get a job. Man. And make some money. Exactly. <laughs> Cam Ward going to be making some money. Oh, absolutely. Down in Coral Gables. The 335 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures says Cam Ward will lead the Canes to a playoff, which brings up an interesting point. Let's get it to college. Let's get it to the Miami Hurricanes. What is a successful season for Miami? What is the bar right now, next year? Is it 10 wins or bust? Yeah, I mean, listen, they've, they've got to win 10 games. Mario, I mean, he's, the, the seat may not be hot, but it's simmering. It's absolutely simmering. You can't go 5-7, and 7-6, seven, seven and six, lose the Rutgers for the first time in school history, all right, and then come into the season and think you can't win 10. you got to win 10, 10 games this year. He's if got you to win 10. 10, you're probably in the playoffs. In the playoffs. He, he's got to make the playoffs I don't know this about year. that. Huh? I don't know if you're going to be in the playoffs. 10-2? and two? You don't think Miami won't depends, get in the playoffs? Well, I mean, it just, it just depends. It depends on if – and potentially you could have 13 games. It depends games on who you beat. Yeah. Depends on, you know, if we have 10 wins. I don't think 10 we're not in the playoffs, Leon. Year. I'll be just like FSU fans this year. 
Crying, yeah, yeah. crying well, Matt, all well, month. Well, Matt has a, a well, okay. The ACC isn't that strong, but well, if you we can beat, look at the at the final CFP rankings. There's teams with ten wins that are not in the play, that wouldn't be in the playoff. What so if they beat Florida, lose to FSU, no, and like say, one other don't, school? Don't put that in universe. Yeah, they you <laughs> lose to like Syracuse and somebody else. <laughs> An unexplicable <laughs> loss. And we had one. We had a couple of those last year. Let me tell you Absolutely. something. By the way, this off season's going. They're not losing to Florida. Okay, don't worry about that. Yeah, that ain't happening. By the way, how pumped are you guys for that game? You what already got that? your uh, hotel or well, your hotel's your parents' house, right? Yeah, my my yeah. hotel is. Leon's uh, got well, his hotel. Well, right? listen, I was going to get my hotel. I was going to go initially go to that beautiful city called uh, Gainesville, and I went and, and tried to go on Priceline to get me a hotel yeah. mm-hmm. for the game, the weekend of the game. Yeah, three star, twelve hundred and thirty dollars. <laughs> two night minimum. Uh, two night. Yeah, I'll say, man, I'm gonna stay in Ocala. Hey, JJ, you got room? I, yeah. I, dude, you could stay with me. Right, I, I think we it, need to do that just so, so you guys can. Uh, document Gainesville it. does not have as many hot spots as I, uh, say I, South I, Beach. I Louisville won ten games, would not have been the playoff. Yeah, Iowa won ten games. Hold on, this year you don't think Louisville would have been, been in the playoff? No, because they, they sucked at the end. They lost. They lost to Kentucky. Then they lost in the ACC championship game too. The championship games aren't going away. Three losses then. Right, but the championship games aren't going away. We're saying ten played. and two. I I understand what you're saying. Okay, with eleven and two, do we get in? Then you might. Then you're. It's a different story. Then okay, at that point, right. because then you're probably going to be in a championship game. Mm-hmm. You'll have won either won the championship game or you'll be at eleven and one and you lost in the championship game. So yeah, then you've got a better chance. I'm just saying the ten does not. Yeah, double. Not yeah, some magic. Get, yeah, there's not you. some magic number that's going to get you into the. Oh, playoffs. and Alabama's yeah. six and four, and uh, you know, well, look at strength of schedule. And uh, That'll they'll open reward up a the spot SEC. for us. There's going to be a decrease. They'll reward the SEC. That's playing. happening. That, yeah. There's going to be an Alabama decrease. That's happening. <laughs> what are you thinking, though? Like two losses, three losses? I, I mean, I don't care who the coach was. There's going to be a decrease. This, because it's the buy-in. It's the guys that are there who have been doing it for so long, and now they're going to start to try and get away with stuff. Because and that's it's, it's the human condition, man. It just is what well, it is. All, yeah, the, also, the human condition is no when to get so, out, and, and maybe Nick – Felt like this might be the time uh, to get out for a variety of reasons, you know, meaning the roster reduction and, you know, the available, like having to go out and re-recruit your uh, own team and I all that stuff just, is exhausting. I think, I think yeah, I think well, he's, he's just exhausted by the yeah, whole process. Yeah. JJ, what about that tweet that Dion said about Nick Saban about getting the reason why he left college football? Yeah, he's like, maybe if we, as in like, if we're – with the way college football is now with the NIL on the portal, if we're chasing out the greatest coach of all time – Maybe we need to look ourselves as a sport in the mirror, which I couldn't agree which with more. I, I like which that. I don't understand. Which I, because who has benefited <laughs> yeah. more from the NIL than Dion? And by the way, Dion, right? Stop, please, stop <laughs> hey. listening to these coaches say it's not sustainable. Hey, yes, it I do is like, sustainable. It's sustainable every single year. Okay? I do like the take though, because it is. It's reaching a point where <clears throat> the, you, there's no comfort level. There's no security in signing a class. Let's make this the ten ten take because honestly, that's the part that they're all going to battle for sure. Now, Josie's ten ten take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since 68. Sonny's with those great recipes, serving it up every single day fast and hot. They want to make sure you get a great meal. They know you're on the move, so they smoke it slow and have it ready. Check out locations all over the First Coast. It, uh, I, I, I used to refer to this uh, unintended consequences of something good, and I don't even know if it's unintended. It's just, just the way it is is that the NIL and the transfer portal, while beneficial to so many that didn't have any benefits really to speak of before, we're talking players here, it really does 
change the way you look at college football on a daily basis. Uh, your fandom uh, kind of gets either gut punched or, or gut checked because you had this guy, you were rooting like heck for him, and then he's gone, and maybe he's going playing for a team you don't like. Uh, and so all these things are different now. And so Nick, Dion, any of these guys, I, I would always joke Dion Sanders, he doesn't have a signing class. He has a transfer portal class because he'll turn over that roster by 75% by bringing newbies in. But it is a new world, a new world order in college football, and coaches do have to figure it out. But it ain't going to be easy, people. It is not going to be easy to keep these classes, these programs together the way they did for many, 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 many years. That's the 10-10 take. I thought it was interesting when about a week and a half ago when I was telling you guys, this is ridiculous. These guys are paid 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Figure it out. Yeah. Did you see what Nick said when he was on the ESPN interview with Reese Davis? He mm-hmm. said, you know what? At the end of the day, this stuff is going on in college sports. Yeah. There's nothing we can do about not it. Going away. And if you don't adjust to it and you don't figure it out, it's your own fault. Yeah, but but it goes back to our argument. Is it harder to win in college? It's going to be harder now uh, versus the NFL because once, like at one point, when it's you had it rolling. harder to win in college yeah. than the NFL. When you had it rolling, you could keep it rolling. I think that's all the evidence is there. And now it's not even going to be as easy for those guys to keep it going. That's going to be a huge difference. Uh, mention Harbaugh and what the what the number might be. Since so he's teased. he interviewed with the Chargers yesterday. He's going to interview with other other franchises. Um, I mean, if if McCarthy gets fired, he's going to interview with the Cowboys too. You know that. Mm-hmm. So he's interested in the NFL right now. Michigan has put together a deal, according to Dan Wetzel at Yahoo Sports, that will pay him eleven and a half million annually, and more important, a lot like our boy Bill Self, mm-hmm. that will inoculate him from any NCAA violations. He's good, is, he can see all the vaccine. He cannot be fired for any NCAA violations that Pfizer occurred behind. prior to signing mm-hmm. the deal. Just like, remember Bill Self with all oh, the, yes. with the FBI wiretaps and Kansas didn't care. They just Banners wanted to win. Banners fly forever. They won the they 2022 just, and they And Kansas, months later, they won the national championship. Yeah, and they did. Mark Emmett had to stand on that stage and give Bill Self that national championship trophy and called him the University of Kansas City, which was just classic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's Look, this is what they're doing. This is what he wants. It's funny that that's what he wants, and he's been proclaiming for now the last, I don't know, year and a half that he's innocent. Mm-hmm. Yet he wants that. He wants that proviso in the contract. Yeah, Anything really that happens didn't. with the NCAA, I'm not liable for. He really didn't proclaim it until he was on that national championship. No, he's been, no, he's been doing it for the last year. That's been the big problem. The last yeah. year and a half, he's been saying, I did not lie to the NCAA. Right, right. I'm just talking about the whole innocent thing. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a bit of his uh, in the end. That's he's, for sure. Believe me. He, and he knew about Connor Stallings, okay? It's mm-hmm. like I say it all the time. These coaches know everything about their program. Was everything. that Instagram reel of Connor Stallions, like, bringing his Michigan gear to the In the, the stands? Shoe? No, he brought. No, he was in the stands for uh, that sure. That was real. That was proved. <laughs> but then apparently the same Instagram account has him like going to the shoe in Columbus oh, with like, all his I did not see gear that. to like, okay. pay tribute. I need to know if that's real or not. Text yeah. line, please confirm. I did deny. see him the night of the title game. He was in a bar in Houston, and like every Michigan fan was coming over, dropping beers in front Love of him. Love you, like, man. Oh yeah, he All is time. a straight legend. Honestly, in Ann Arbor. who's more of a legend in the 2023 college football folklore? 
Connor Stallions or Tyler from Spartanburg. Because <laughs> both are good. Both are cult heroes that yep. change the trajectory of their programs. Real quick, two more notes from around the college football ranks uh, before we get ready to say hi to Coach Campo at 2 o'clock. Mike Norvell has flipped another. The number two edge in the class of 2025 has flipped his commitment from the Crimson Tide of Alabama to Florida State, that being Javion Hilson, who is going to be headed to Tallahassee, and Mike Norvell tweeting appropriately his classic hashtag game changer tweet. So another one for the Knowles. We know, we know he was in town visiting with some of the uh, contingent at Mandarin High School earlier this week, so also file that one away. The tide, it's leaking. It's, it's leaking. However, they have a new man leading the defense. And real quick, Matt Hayes, who is Kane Womack? For our Alabama coach. contingent out there listening in Nooner Nation, should they be happy or sad? Well, he's a longtime SEC assistant. He was a head coach of South Alabama, and he's now he's going to be the D.C. to Alabama. And it's a, he's a good defensive coach, mm-hmm. a very good defensive coach. And so, if nothing else, KDB, the first thing he did was find somebody yeah. that has ties to the, the area, area that's and has the success. Area. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's been in the league. Right. He's definitely doing I mean, it, he's, he's making all the smart moves by retaining Gillespie, um, by retaining Freddie Roach. Now by hiring Womack, he's he's doing the right things. There's no doubt about it. But it's like I said before, it's you know these some he it's retaining the roster he has. But once the he retains that roster, at what point does the human condition take control? At what mm-hmm. point do these got the players start to think, well, we couldn't get their way with that with Nick, but now maybe we can get away with it with Kalen, and that's going to be the issue. That's where the rubber will meet the road with this team. And I also in, think, in this in his first year, I should say. I think the the molding of two styles of a roster. Like you're gonna have guys that follow him. Like I know Jabbar Muhammad, the star corner, mm-hmm. has said that Kalen would like for me to follow him to Alabama. So you're gonna have guys coming from the Washington foundation, and then you're going to have the guys that are already in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do on the field you merge those two families together? Yeah, two companies merge. Uh, there's only one title for one guy. Well, that's, it's all, but that also happens all the time now. That's yeah. college football with the transfer portal. And I agree with what you're saying. Um, but I, I think that the bigger thing is what do they do with Jalen Milrow? Like, like is Jalen Milrow his guy now? Is he his quarterback and he's going to figure out how to use his unique talents, or is he going to try and put the square peg in the round hole? Mm-hmm. So that's that's you know he he's got a lot of you know what are they? He and Ryan Grubb both the new OC there. Right. So it, it's there's a lot of stuff going on right now at Alabama, and I think there's a lot of people kind of waiting to see what this thing's going to look like. Well, let's at least r- rattle off a few more of the recru- uh, recruiting slash transfer portal rankings because you mentioned Mike Norvell. So we'll do that coming up on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. XL Primetime, 15 minutes in front of the 2 o'clock hour, hanging out. Hope everybody's having a good one. Dry it off a little bit. At least maybe the rain is on its way out, but the cold is on its way in. XL Primetime, thanks to Beaver Chevy and Beaver Toyota. Look for both of them online or on the lot for great deals. Uh, before we drill down uh, on the NFL, primarily with Coach Campbell, just to stay on the college football world a little bit more, and, and the combo action is what you have to uh, think about in today's world of securing or procuring talent it's your recruiting and it's your transfer portal and the recruiting rankings are pretty self-explanatory you're getting all the great kids coming out of the high school ranks the blue chippers and Alabama and Georgia are slugging it out Georgia is at the top and you have to ask the question how long can 
Kalen DeBoer keep Alabama up there, or will they suffer immediately by not having Nick? One would think so. Oregon is up there in the recruiting rankings when it comes to closing deals ahead of Ohio State, uh, at least within the last week, which is interesting. We still have one more National Signing Day coming up, uh, but just rounding out the top five, Texas. Are you is, on two four seven right now? Yeah, this is uh, this is ESPN. Just looking at one of oh, them. Okay, all right. And, and believe me, they all have different versions. Right. Uh, and then I'm looking at another one when it comes to the transfer portal. South Carolina is among the top ten when it comes to transfer portal scores. The average commitment rating, the total commitments, the way they put the scoring together. So Shane Beamer, you can question him. I do it all the time. He still does a good job of getting guys to come in there. Louisville is up there in the transfer portal. Let's let's go through that transfer. Yeah. Where's portal, your Gator? Where are your Gators? By well, the that's way, that, yeah. that's why I want to go. There's not enough pages. Let's uh, go through the on top ten, <laughs> and then we're going to get to the Gators because I think it's important because it's clearly just as important to recruit the portal as it is to recruit yeah. high school kids. The number one rated school in the transfer portal in the class of quote unquote 2024, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, mm-hmm. followed by Mike Elko. And Texas A&M at number three, Mike Norvell's Florida State Seminoles preeminently in the top three in the portal ranking since their inception. And and this is a moving target because it can keep changing. It It will continue to change. But his average commitment rating is 90 plus and he's got a dozen commitments. At number four, Deion Sanders in Colorado, another familiar face. At number five, Dan Lanning in Oregon. Six, Louisville. Seven, the aforementioned South Carolina Gamecocks. Mm -hmm. At number eight, NC State. Number nine, USC Number 10, TCU. Mm-hmm. Those are names, TCU, NC State, Louisville, Leon. You don't usually see them in the high school top 10 of recruiting. And so that's where I think this point that Matt Hayes has continued to make week in and week out of like the portal and NIL give you an avenue for these schools that traditionally don't compete for the five stars at the high school level. It gives you a lane to eventually earn those players' services, does it not? Well, I mean, it, the, the portal, in my opinion, gives you uh, an opportunity to fill holes that you feel that a freshman can't come in and fill. And I think that's why Florida State had so much success early, the last couple of years because they were able to find those guys and put them in plug and play. And it's not as easy as you think because those guys, not, not only do they have to comply with the system that's in hand, mm-hmm. they got a they gotta ball. Yeah. Because you miss on a portal guy and he doesn't ball or whatever, you effectively – has effect, you've affected your portal play, and mm-hmm. you've affected the person behind them as far as recruiting goes. So, yeah, because I mean, you, you may you may that recruit may say no, I'm not going there exactly because of the portal play. And the thing is, is like you have to have chemistry in the locker room and on mm-hmm. the football field. But like Keon Coleman's a great example. Both he and Johnny Wilson, they come in. Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Jordan Travis, all of them through the transfer portal, yeah. made it to Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. And then you have to hope the chemistry follows. <laughs> well, them. because the, the portal and the NIL effectively affects the dynamics of your locker room. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you've got portal guys coming here making quarter of a million, half a million here, this, this, that. Then you've got five-star, four-star recruits coming in, getting a quarter of a million, half a million dollars here. And a guy that's already been there a couple of years who may be a starter who's not getting any money. Or he maybe he's getting $4,000 a month. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always, I'm, a, I'm always been under the narrative that, you know, keep your hands out my pocket and don't worry about what I'm spending because you can't afford the store. Yeah. But what I'm saying is those guys are in that locker room that are, are playing with the guys that are getting this money. So, mm-hmm. And if they don't like that they're not getting any well, money, they guess play what? Better. Play better. 
or go or leave. You transfer and go somewhere that will exactly. pay you money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. But, uh, I, but, but, I mean, hey, look, hey, I, as, I, you have, as we have said so many times, Matt, all of them do get or not all of them. A lot of them get mad and leave, and then guess what? They ain't got nowhere to go. Yeah, sure, it happens. But my whole thing is this: for a majority of the guys, there's a chance for them to earn while they're in college. Yeah. And there's a chance for them to better themselves while they're in college. Yeah. There's a chance for them to start to learn the negoti- the art of negotiation, business. It's all this this is all part of it. It's yeah. all part of the process. Those are all pluses. I don't understand why there's why there's so much negative I know why there's so much negativity about it because anytime anything changes, changes back. I actually mm-hmm. I don't think there's a I lot get of all ne- of that. I don't think there's a lot of negativity oh, there's around a it. A ton either. of negativity around this. Like, People saying the game's in, changing. It's not what it used to be. Oh, all right. okay. It's, all right. it's not just sustainable. It's all just—it's all bunk. Is what it is. It's it. Look, this is what it is. Figured out. Move forward. Even Saban said it. If the greatest to ever coach the game, one of his last interviews said, or his last interview, actually his last interview wow. with with Reese Davis said, "Look, you can complain about it, or you can figure it out." And well, well, then, and out. then you you took. Con- then you have Kirby Kirby Smart, who after they beat Florida State, had a press, presser about how the he was concerned about that Florida State team and all the guys that opted out. But if, if there's no loyalty by the university by the players, there should be no loyalty to the players to play for the university, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when money's involved. Yeah. So yeah, get used to it. Hey, so get hey, over yourself. Right, and we may say you know we complain about this. Don't think for a moment that those coaches ain't complaining too, or those players aren't complaining too. Uh, the ones that because not everyone's going to have it their way. Uh, in this particular uh, setup. Florida, by the way, number 34 in the transfer portal rankings, dropping from number 33, I am assuming, following the commitment of Cam Ward to the University of Miami, who now clocks in at number 33. Well, that's better than 58 like Franch had yesterday. So, uh, in my eyes, they're moving on up, okay? They're the Jeffersons right now. They're just moving on Also, at at 16 (laughs) in the 247 rankings, which uh, it looked a little bit hairier than that once upon a time. So. It, it, yeah. it also looked a little bit better than that, too. Right, because you have teams ahead of uh, Florida, which, look, they got to get used to it. They've got to answer the bell uh, because these teams are passing them by. There's no mistaking that. Uh, tonight, you got Tennessee and Florida on the hard court. We'll see answer how that goes. Bell. It's going to be an important ball game. Answer, I mean, they're 34th. Yeah. As opposed to 58th, I thought that was really good news. So that's what the bar is now? We're not 58 uh, anymore? Now we're 34? Well, yeah. no. Did, so I, you, did you not just hear the excitement in my <laughs> voice? The argument, because I mean, the, the text Ooh, line's already man. begun the argument, Matt. The argument is that transfer portal, portal rankings are based on volume, i.e. A&M has 22 commits in the portal. So does Colorado. Louisville has 24. And it's the quality of that quantity. But the, the so the, so the Gators are holding on to their own. Yeah, but like Florida they State, they don't need to worry about the portal. Florida State they're holding on to their own. Is that really what they're saying? I mean, that's the argument that's being made. Yeah, they're not saying that. They're just yeah. All uh, right, so if we're just like going to go, Florida State by, has a dozen, and but they've got quality. So and, so, and so that's why they're they're way up there. You're going to go by the average the average ranking of the players in the class is what you're telling me, right? It's not really about quality; it's quantity, right? Right. So if you do that, then they're one, two, three. Keep talking, Joe. Yeah, you got to keep counting is the problem. Keep, keep talking, uh, look, I, 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 I have no defense then for it. I'm not making excuses right at 30. for it. How about that? They're yeah. up four spots. Yeah. It, it's, it's deplorable what is happening down there. And so uh, Yesterday in the Orlando Sentinels, Scott Strickland's quote is saying that, you know, he's got to give him time, Joe. Oh, yeah. yeah got to give him time. Whenever you're saying you got to give him time, he gets time. 
that that's that's got to give Billy Napier time. He's yeah. building it the right yeah. way, Joe. Yeah. I just want to know. If you can't you're, you're win so in college football in year one or year two. You just yeah. can't. Yeah. You're, you're so mean, smug. You can't. So, he's so smug, Joe. You just can't. You know, I define. Sonny Dykes didn't do it in year one. Didn't go all the way to the playoff. You can't do it. I've defined Gatordom uh, on 1010XL. You know, in in a variety of ways. Some are just so obvious. Uh, it, you know, the Hickens, the Prosser's, the the hacks of the world. I have figured out that Matt Hayes is more of a Gator than we know. He is angrier than we know, and he's choosing to like it's, work. It's not the, angry. The, it's the it's, comedy I don't, routine. I don't like the. I don't like the whole idea of he's building. This in this day and age in college football, I'm pretty sure there you are. Can, you can build in one year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there aren't too one many Gator fans out year. there that are in love with this idea. You know, right? I'm just uh, then. Then you know what? Then I'm underscoring the truth. How about yeah, that? Yeah, okay. You're, you're not wrong. All yeah. I'm saying is stop saying just angry. it's That's someone right. else's fault because it's not someone else's fault. This roster is his now. Right. All guys he recruited, all guys he got from the portal. It's oh, yeah. his. Yeah, yeah. Mullen, no more. You can't say that anymore. Shark. You can't say anything about the facilities because they have facilities as good or better than anyone in the country. Well, that has taken some time. At the end of the day, you got two guys wearing the same number. You got a field goal team running on the field when they didn't have to. You got over and over and over every yeah, single game. All. You've got problems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're preaching to the choir over here. All right, Big Sirs. Well, Florida, don't change. August 31st <laughs> can't come any sooner. Yeah, two night minimum. Make sure it stays that way uh, for those two nights that you're enjoying. Oh yeah. Hogtown. All right, Big Sirs. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. You got it. All right. He heads out. Uh, Coach Campo comes in from the green room uh, as we get ready for more NFL talk with our head coach on XL Primetime. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at BoldCityAC.com. Let's get our motor running right now with our head coach, Dave Campo. Uh, I don't know if he was born to be wild, but he loves uh, being wild right here on the Superstation. Welcome in, Coach. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Uh, listen, I, I'd like to start off with something. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if you're going to start the segment with this, but, I, but I, I'm going to hit it. Uh, you guys stole my thunder uh, in the 1 o'clock first segment uh-huh. because I was going to make a statement, and I don't know how people would take it, but I'm going to make the statement anyway. Okay. The single – there's a lot of issues with the Jaguars, but the single biggest issue – that caused us to be where we are right now is we couldn't and sometimes we would not run the football, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And you can take all the other stuff. We've seen them in your on the show yeah. when you guys talked about uh, – Leon said, uh, you know, Trevor's turned the ball over and like he did in the San Diego game, mm-hmm. yet LA he game. Yeah. resurrected mm-hmm. Yeah. The game himself. Exactly. So turnovers are really important. There's no question. He's got to clean that up. But when you cannot run the football, yeah. you cannot win in this league. I, I'm convinced of that, even though it's a passing league. And the point so, was made, real quick, just to remind people, the point was made about basically the success you can have under center. Right. Meaning you've got to prove you can hand the football off and run, and then you can obviously work play action off of that. The number was cut in half in terms of yards yeah. per attempt yes. uh, for Trevor. Yes. Uh, and Gustavo was throwing the numbers out there. Uh, and basically 13-plus yards 13. per attempt. 13.3 yards per attempt right. play action under center. First in the National Football League. That's actually not even play action. That's just under center. Mm-hmm. First in the National Football League. 21st with 6.6 yards per attempt in shotgun. 
of which they had the fifth most attempts out of the shotgun. Well, the only thing with the shotgun that you have is if you're not a big RPO team, right? You really don't have a play action game. You know, it, you can you can you can fake a run and and bootleg and do mm-hmm. stuff like that, but really you got to be under center to to have the belly, the rollbacks, and all the things that you know can hurt you, and then play action off those things. And I agree with you one hundred percent because we have done countless conversations, either Campo and Joe podcast here, or just basically talking ball. Uh, and it's the ability to do more than one thing offensively because th- the defense is going to strip you away of one of them. Absolutely, and that, and, and you know, being under the center, that's a you know, that's the best place to start, mm-hmm. and. It also sets you up for if you're going to be a, a, a short yardage team, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't have to run the ball when you're under center. When you're in shotgun, chances are you're yeah. going to throw the football. Right. Unless I mean, you that's, go with that's that little the, you know, pistol and, so and you know, little inside handle. That's where right. I want you to dispel this notion, Coach, of like, or, or maybe affirm it, of they were lining up in shotgun because they didn't trust their offensive line versus – when you're under center, that doesn't necessarily mean you are all of a sudden at a disadvantage. Right. right. It doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, well, your line's going to get blown up instantly. Yeah. And it, so it, you're barely going to get the snap off. What I'd like to see is I'd like to see them have a package with under the center with the offensive linemen with their hands on the ground. Mm-hmm. Because now you can play action, you can run the football, and you got a better chance of controlling the line of scrimmage when your hands are on the ground. There's no question about it. And it drives me crazy. Just visualize. Anybody out there, you guys on YouTube, watching on 10 XL, or anybody listening, just visualize a defensive lineman with his hands on the ground, and the first move he has, I believe, gains leverage on the offensive lineman because he's underneath him. Correct. Right There's from the no jump. question. Yeah, because those guys are taught, mm-hmm. you know, to to get off the Ooh, football and, 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 and get pads under – Pads. All right, listen, we brought all this up just so you wouldn't have to answer the absolute question of what the hell happened in Dallas with that defense. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I know where you were going, all right? Because I said yesterday, what in the Dave Campbell was going on? <laughs> I mean, that, Coach, the I believe the yards per play on first down, they averaged nine and a half yards per play on first down. Green Bay did against the Dallas Cowboys. Right. And, and, you know, the other thing I would say. I would have applied for a job right then. Yeah. I will say one other thing that to add to the what I just said about the Jaguars, you also have to be able to stop the run. Exactly. You know, those two things do not bode well. If you can't Which run. Which this team and in you, this town did struggle. Yeah, and can't stop the run, then you got serious problems. Dave, and I think what happened in Dallas uh, with that, I sent you guys a picture. It was atrocious. Of, yeah. The, the splits of the offensive line were crazy. Wide open. And everybody was wide. There was actually literally nobody between the the weak side guard mm-hmm. and the next guy to him was on the inside of just inside the offensive tackle. I mean, that that I think I could have run the ball in there. <laughs> so that was a big part of it. But they have just not I, – I thought uh, – I really thought that uh, – Strahan, mm-hmm. when in the post game show, made one of the smartest things I've heard. Mm-hmm. He said, "It looks like to me in Dallas that it's an entertainment game, not a football game." Mm. 
And when you look back at the Cowboys over the years, mm-hmm. there's so much adulation. They're so big in the world, in Texas, in, in, you know, under, you know, in Dallas, yeah. that these guys can do, say, go, see anything they want. And, and the entitlement is not there. And, and to me, that's a big issue over there. And it's been that way for a while. Uh, for a while. So then you need someone at the direct top, not just Jerry, but like someone like Jimmy who will. I want to kick his, their ass. Thank you, JJ. Who will have his <laughs> hand on everything. Like you need a guy. Like Dan Quinn is not a guy. That's like Jimmy tried there. to do it no. at the half in Dan, that game. Yeah. I mean, From his yeah, Fox Jimmy, booth. I mean, he, that, was, that was fantastic. I thought he was going to have a heart he attack for crying and he, out loud. And he was legitimately oh, yeah. ticked off. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. was yeah. mad. Yeah, so, that wasn't a show. But, but who who then? Then who is the guy do you think that could go in there and actually put his hand on that thing and say, this is how it's going to work? You know, I wish I could answer that question, but I will say one thing. If it's Belichick, they will show up for mm-hmm. a ball game. Yeah. Uh, that, that, to me, there's no question about it. Now, you know, we've seen that Belichick hasn't operated, you know, without Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. We've seen that. Yeah. But you never saw a team during that period of time when they've been struggling – that that just didn't show up, right. yeah, or that it, was poor defensively. Yeah, and it was a competitive. It was going to be a competitive uh, football team yeah. right up until the end. So yeah. I just don't know who you know these like young Harbaugh? guys that are out there. What about Harbaugh? Well, Harbaugh, I think, is kind of that kind of a guy, a no nonsense, yeah, and a detail guy. guy, and a detail guy. Which sounds Lots a whole lot like. And let's end this segment with this. That sounds a whole lot like what this team has said they need in their defensive coordinator. Tough-nosed, detail-oriented. We've speculated that that D.C. would operate kind of in a silo because Doug Peterson will be focused on, quote-unquote, fixing the offense. And so tell our Nooners, Coach Campo, you came in here and we were talking about Sirianni or Mike McCarthy. Who's got to go? Who's got to be fired? And I said, I feel like the Eagles and the Jaguars are the Spider-Man meme. And you said, no. It may be the Cowboys and the Jaguars that are more similar than they realize. Yeah, Why? well, uh, when you look at the way the the, the, the game went, uh, you know, it's turnovers and not being able to run the football in the big game. You know, they 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 were not they didn't they didn't run it. Mm-hmm. Neither did Philadelphia. So when you look at the two of them, you know that that was a big part of the whole thing. And I I think that the Cowboys uh, somewhere along the line they lost their way, you know, in playing in big games. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars and the Eagles, though, lost their way through the entire season. Right. You know, that, that, it's, yeah. That's the similarity there. All right, so we'll keep it going on that. We'll mention some of the defensive coordinator candidates, which we know you can jump in on. You guys can jump in on the conversation, 641-1010. Hit the text line. Uh, you can go to YouTube, throw a comment our way. We'll have our Campo and Joe podcast uh, right at 3 o'clock Facebook Live, so you can definitely join in there as well. It's XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Two o'clock hour rolls on on a Bieber Toyota, Bieber Chevy Tuesday right here on XL Primetime. Coach Campo hanging with us the rest of the way. If you have a question for Coach, you can hit us up on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. Let's hit one of them while we're here from 742. So Coach Campo. Everyone has been saying the issue about establishing the run game. If you're going to have the majority of the Jaguars offensive line back next year, what do you do about that? 
How do you make them tougher, stronger, improve them? Do these players have the drive to improve themselves to be better, or are they just resting on their big paychecks? Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, you know, I think they have to do something with it. And, you know, my I've already said I think they ought to be in a full, you know, in a uh, hand on the ground and maybe a little bit more under center and where they have to, you know, get leverage, you yeah. know, as we talked about earlier. But, you know, there are some guys that, are physical. I think one of the things that went downhill this way, I think they felt that uh, the center was going to, you know, get bigger and stronger. It really didn't happen. He didn't play as well, in my opinion, this year. I think Sheriff is at the end. They have to make, they have to do something there. Cleveland uh, came in and did some good things. The problem with Cleveland, though, is if you remember, the guy that I was talking to about Cleveland before he got here said that sometimes a bigger guy gets on him because of his his length, right? He's a six six guy. Yeah, yeah, and if he's not doesn't have his hand on the ground, he's going to have a little trouble holding those guys up. I know one thing for sure. Watching that uh, that uh, uh, Tampa game last mm-hmm. night, there's a reason that Kelsey's retiring. Vita Vea. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's, Two words. he's good re- night now. He's, he's retiring, Kelsey. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> But, you know, that's the big guys that they've got in there. And the only way you're going to have a chance against those guys, in my opinion, is to get your hand in the dirt and come off the football. That's it. So, Den- Denny Thompson, our quarterback whisperer, was talking about this yesterday. And we, I think we were all asking the question, how is it that some run games, they just seem like they're all technicians. Everybody's moving in concert. It's crazy what Green Bay was able to do. Now, that was against a bad Dallas front. But other teams, San Francisco, we will see this weekend, they just are so good at it, and it's the movement instantly at the line of scrimmage that, that I had not seen. Well, I think that that's because I, if I, I would be, I'd have to watch them practice mm-hmm. yeah. because to me, this is a this is a pass first, run second philosophy. Yeah, and that's the West Coast offense. You mean pass fifty, run second, pass first? <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, uh, really, uh, the West Coast offense is really not really built on running the football mm-hmm. consistently, you know. But it, it's getting more so with San Francisco. Yeah. And, and that's what you need to do. You have to be able to run the football. So are you telling me in this age of the vertical pass game at all levels of football <clears throat> that at the top level we might be seeing a shift back toward get under center, Lock somebody and run the ball and then throw a play action. Is yeah. it possible that we're moving back to that now? I think I, I grew up on it. And, and I can tell you right now is calling defense, that's what puts the pressure on you. You know, if you look over the course, and I've said this before, uh, if you look at, over the course of the year for the last two years, play action passes is where we've gotten our only really big plays. You know, we haven't been that team that's going to line up and throw a takeoff. And, and have the guy run by anybody. Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't think our receivers, even though we have fast receivers on the outside, neither one of those guys are, are, are run by guys. Mm-hmm. They're double move guys and stuff like that, you know. And, and uh, even though uh, Ridley got off on that long one the other day, he's not, you know, he's not just a run by guy unless somebody makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think we may be moving back towards that. Uh, I still think philosophy. that, like, if you think of the guys, like, it's still, I believe it's still an RPO world, 
with the guys that are coming in playing the quarterback position. It's making the run game more important, but I still think it's you know it's not necessarily under center drop back. Exactly, and that's yeah. ki- kind of where this league is, and you know that's that's a concern to me with our team because you know we just we I mean we just didn't run the ball at all. Right. When you really look at it. Speaking of the league, big picture, I thought this was interesting um, from ESPN Sports and Analytics. This is courtesy of Seth Walder, who runs their team there. In 2017, NFL teams put a man in motion at the snap 4% of the time on average. In 2023, the average was 22% motion pre-snap. The Jacksonville Jaguars come just below that average at 17.4%, the most in the league, shocking, the Miami Dolphins at 68.2%, and the Los Angeles Rams at 44.1%. I remember that was something we talked about emerging from the post-urban era and even coming out of the Doug Marone era, Coach, about trying to get creative pre-snap, trying to play with that eye candy. But then I also think about all these kills and alerts and checks at the line, which I know Denny Thompson said to us, in reality, it's not that much. It's really only three or four checks that a quarterback can really make at the line. And so my question for you is, do they try to get – I don't want to say it because I hate when they do this. Do they try to get cute with it? Or or does it have to be meaningful pre-snap? Or, like, how do you restructure this offense – based on where the rest of the league is headed? Well, I think everybody is starting to use motion now. I mean, and the reason for it is to get guys' eyes in the wrong spot. Also to see whether it's man or zone. Because when you put a guy out and then he motions back in, you know whether or not somebody went out there to cover him. or You know, mm-hmm. a linebacker going out on a running back, for example, tells you it's man coverage right away. So, you know, those things are, have to be part of your – philosophy in my opinion mm-hmm. plus the linebackers if you've got long, young linebackers they have a tendency with all that motion to to get their eyes off their keys a little bit and mm-hmm. I think that's why it's being used and I think it's good I mean but and then the checks if if you're getting a lot of uh mistakes then I'm cutting the checks mm-hmm. you know if there's a lot of mistakes you simplify same thing on defense if you're getting a lot of you know mistakes and something's not right. You're either not coaching it right or they're not getting it. So I, I really think that the, the league has got to use all of that stuff. But I'm still convinced that the run game is a, is a, is a big factor in it. Uh, let's hit the defensive coordinator candidates coming up. <clears throat> what you know, what you don't know, uh, whether you, your gut tells you experience over innovation, you know, young guy. So let's do that coming up. Uh, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they bring you today's show. We've got Coach Campo hanging out with us in the 2 o'clock hour and then a little Facebook Live at 3 o'clock with the Campo and Joe podcast. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. We need a fire in the 1010XL studios. I don't know how anybody survived Kansas City or Buffalo over the weekend. It's like 50 out there, and I am freezing. A little chilly. Uh, right now. Uh, uh, all right, so let's hit some coordinator names with our head coach, but also a longtime defensive coordinator. And the one guy that I feel like I, I, I need to pay more attention to, former Gator Marquand Manuel. Okay, now he's a guy that was drafted in the sixth round. We're talking about a guy that was counted out before he was counted on, basically. And eight years in the league. And the thing that strikes me is that he's been around, but he also was up in Philly. Like, in other words, he was with Dan Quinn up in Seattle, followed him to Atlanta, 
was part of that staff when Tommy Brady came back on him, so that, that left some scar tissue, but then also became the defensive coordinator after that uh, and is now coaching the Jets, but also had a stop in 2020 with who? Dougie Fresh mm-hmm. up in Philly. And so there's a tie there, Coach. I don't know whether he has the credentials that we're looking for to basically run that defense, but that's at least a tie. Well, these young guys, uh, some of them I don't really know very well, but I will say that he has had experience, mm-hmm. and uh, there are guys, young guys, that are that can control the situation. The way I look at it more than anything else is that I think he needs somebody, first of all, that he trusts, and that's, that's important yeah. uh, no matter what the situation. The thing you have to remember is that when you do make a change and you have to go out, it's not like college where you can just offer the guy more money and he'll right. come there. You know, they're on, guys are under contract, so you have to deal with guys. I saw one on the text line the other day uh, on the, uh, one of those social media X or something. Mm-hmm. Where the, where the, <laughs> so where, hip, Coach. Yeah, so some, hip. Yeah, some, something where a guy said, why are we talking to so many coaches that are coming from losing programs? Well, you know, not everybody on a losing program is a bad football coach, number one, but number two – Sometimes you don't have a choice. Yeah. You know, if, if the, the the good programs, unless you're n- not making a lateral move, that you're making a, a move upward, right. they won't let you out. And if a coach gets fired, the majority of the people, uh, the uh, uh, teams, mm-hmm. will keep the assistance there until a head coach is named. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when I came to the Jaguars, uh, Butch Davis had left. And Romeo Cronell, everybody knew he was going to be the head coach, but they were playing all the way to the Super Bowl. Right. So I had to sit he was there. With New England at that time. Yeah. yeah. And I had to sit there for uh, three and a half weeks, four weeks, because uh, they wouldn't let me out until the head coach had a, made a decision. Now, I knew that I wasn't going to be hired because he was a 3 4 guy. I was a 4 3 guy. You were twisting, but, though. But you had no choice. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's where you have to be careful. Now, uh, Manuel mm-hmm. has done some really good things. I like the fact that he, you know, he's he, he's a, a pretty tough guy from what everybody tells me. Mm-hmm. So he probably commands some respect in the locker room. So you know that's what we need. We need somebody that's going to change the 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 culture, however you look at it, on that side of the yeah, ball. Because toughness I think, and accountability. I think Doug feels like he can fix the offense, but. That's why the defensive staff went, in my opinion. So I think I've seen – I know I've seen from a lot of fans online, on, on X, on social media, saying if you're going to go pillage from any tree on defense, go to the Ravens. And I think this is one of the more underreported storylines in this whole cycle of the Jaguars going out and hiring a D.C. The relationship between Doug Peterson and John Harbaugh goes back a long ways stylistically, obviously, Doug's the offensive guy. John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator. The defense in Baltimore is what has been their identity of sorts over the last 20 years of him being the head coach. But you tell me, Coach, that Baltimore defense coming to Jacksonville, whether it's Chris Hewitt or somebody else, what sort of stylistic similarities or clashing do you see? Well, they're much more aggressive. And I think that plays into who you hire as well because, you know – uh, listen, after the way we finished this year, I guarantee you Doug is looking at things like, hey, we got to get this fixed next year. And sometimes your philosophy doesn't fit who you have in the building. 
You can only go out and get so many guys. Again, it's not like college where you, especially now, where you can go in the portal and bring in anybody you want yeah. to fit your scheme. You know, you can, you have so much money to get uh, free agents, so that could be limited. You have to sign who you have to sign, all the money issues, plus the fact that uh, you only have so many draft picks, and they're young. So mm-hmm. uh, I think the one thing about Baltimore, though, is you know the culture is good there. Ooh, yeah. You know they they are winners, and I think a lot of uh, in a lot of situations that's important to get somebody in that is associated with winning and knows the s- steps that they've taken to get to that right. spot. But, but I mean, philosophically, you were talking about you know are, are you aggressive? Do you play more zone? Do you do a combo of it? At the end of the day, it's what your players you have. You say that's this all right. the time. So if they've got guys that can't cover in man or that struggle to cover in man, you're not going to be aggressive, yeah. right? Unless you go and get somebody in free agency or you draft somebody, you can't change philosophically what you are, right? That's that's the, what you have to look at, who you have and, and the way you approach the thing. I thought it was really interesting yesterday in the, in the, in the Bucks, the Buccaneers game because – Caldwell came out of that tree. And if you watch that game yesterday, they blitzed a ton. All night. And not just one or two guys. They are a five-man rush team, okay? And they did that. As much as it's a 3-4. Yeah. But they also went four across blitz coverage Mm -hmm. a lot in the game. And there's ways that you can do that, you know, without – being a great man-to-man player. You sit your guys back there at 10 yards, and you don't move on the snap of the football. And if you get any pressure, the ball's coming out. So you're not getting into a situation where you're, you're having to cover a guy off the line. I'm not talking about pressing a guy and having to cover the guy all right. over the field. Well, some of that's based on whether or not you have a lead or not. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got a lead, then you can be a little bit more aggressive. So it really comes down to that. But in answer to your question, that's why I'm saying that sometimes a philosophy doesn't fit who you have, then you have to be able to adjust. And I don't think we adjusted all that well. So you, what you're saying is you could force your coverage on them. Yes, correct. Right. Correct. So there are ways to do that. That's just uh, not something that happened this year with this team. Absolutely. Okay. I agree. Yeah, yeah. especially when you're talking hybrid and all that kind of stuff. Like right. Last night – Bowl said, I'm going after him yep. because he's not – right now he's lost some confidence. Yep. And that offensive line wasn't doing anything. Absolutely. And then they abandoned the run. I mean, on yep. and on and on yep. it got They only it got ran the ball four times, yeah. I think, in, in, the, the, first in the first half. half. Yeah. So I it mean, got worse ridiculous. and worse for yeah. Philly last yeah. night. I wasn't a great head coach, but I guarantee you that when that game was close, when they were one score down, yeah. I'd have run it more than four times. I can Better tell you that it. right now. Yeah. So we will make our picks with you on Friday, <laughs> Coach Campo. But who was your biggest surprise? Who is your, ooh, man, that team could make a run to the Super Bowl way too early pick as we get ready for the divisional round? Well, the the, the surprise would be, you know, I kind of felt that Houston, it's it's tough to beat a team twice. Yep. So I had a feeling that the way that kid was playing and and the, the, the excitement and everything and – uh, that I had a feeling on that one. I'd have to say Green Bay because I had no idea that they were going to come in and beat the Cowboys. I really felt that the Cowboys, uh, 
legitimately had what it took. They still have to play, but I felt that a seven-point spread was good enough. And, yeah. and, and obviously, they didn't even win the game. So Ooh. And it was ugly. Yeah. So I'd say Green Bay, I think it's going to be a – they won't catch San Francisco by surprise. Let me put it that way, which they did a little bit with the Cowboys, yeah, obviously. They, they caught them by surprise and overconfident. Absolutely. At the same time. And I don't think they'll find that with, with San Francisco. So I think San Francisco will win, but I think it'll be a ball game. That quarterback, uh, you know, he, he, he and Stroud look a lot alike to me because – they were able to throw the ball under pressure, mm-hmm. and they were able to extend plays and still make throws down the field. Both of them did that this year. Yeah, it was crazy. And both operating in a similar offense, too. Yes, yes. Uh, that, that, that part is also part of the equation. All right, we got our takeaways coming up. we got the Friends Show coming up on a Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday. Stick around. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. The embedded and shredded has entered the building. The Gators are on the move. This time <laughs> yesterday, they were 58th in the transfer portal. Today, 38. Nothing can stop them now. <laughs> They're all the way up. Oh, my. All right. So, uh, that's a totally separate subject. Yeah. But uh, your thoughts on the defensive coordinator's search. Uh, for the hometown team. Yeah, I mean, it's cats. methodical and, and slow going, and that's fine. You want to get the right guy. So uh, I, I am surprised. I don't know whether this is uh, he just isn't interested in coaching or, or what. I'm surprised Ron Rivera hasn't had more traction just around the league. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like he's been sort of absent, and I think he's a good coach, and I think he would bring a lot in terms of a, a sounding board, you know, with his experience. So. I'm still hopeful it is somebody with that kind of resume, somebody that's, yeah. that can also advise Doug a little bit on, you know, again, education's a part of life. You, you never get to a point where you're like, I know it all. Right. And if you do, that's really dangerous thinking. And so even though Doug Peterson's accomplished a lot in his career, I'd like him to have somebody on his staff that has sat in that chair and can sort of offer him some advice at times. So. I'm hopeful it'll be somebody like that, um, but I have no problem with the search uh, in terms of the the momentum or, or where it's at. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the a Leslie thing Frazier, is the right guy. I'm a Leslie Frazier guy be because Leslie of the Frazier experience. Be great in other words, yeah. you just basically say, "Here, this 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 half of the meeting rooms are yours." Well, and that's the thing. I think Doug went macro last off season, thinking I want to give more of the offense to press, and I want to be able to focus on the big picture. Uh, and it didn't work. Right. You know, their attention to detail was lousy all year long. They never hit their peak. So now he needs to do the 180 of that. Now it needs to be, I need to hire a defensive coordinator so that I don't have to worry about that side of the ball at all, and I need to get up to my elbows back yeah. into this offense. Right. And so my that's my hope is that that's where it's headed. Uh, you know, obviously we won't really know that, um, you know, for many months, but – uh, but that's my hope. So, yeah, I want the defensive coordinator to be somebody that, that Doug can just hand the keys to and focus on fixing this offense. All right, what's coming up? All that. We are going to have a really fun Frangie show. Denny Thompson will join us, uh, so we'll look forward to getting his thoughts. It's always fun when he's on with you guys, and we enjoy it as well. Uh, so, Denny coming up, and uh, Florida basketball at 5 o'clock today. Mm. Big so, one, bro. Big, big game for the Gators. Nine-and-a-half-point underdog at Tennessee. That would yeah. be one if they can steal it. That would be – Huge, especially Florida, you so. tell me, Gator Gator <laughs> fan base update, <laughs> yeah. Carlion. After 
being so close to upsetting Kentucky. So yeah. close. Uh-huh. It well, is riveting. Welfare check. Welfare <laughs> yeah. check on Gator Nation, given that basketball maybe gave them a glimmer of hope, and maybe it still can. I, I will say this for Todd Golden. They're ninth in the country in scoring. They're fun to watch. Like, yeah. At least it's a good brand of basketball. Yeah. It's not this there Mike White, we're going to have seven-minute scoring droughts right. basically every game that we play. Right. There is offense. So I do like the fact they're great on the glass, and they score. So, I mm. mean, you know, look, I think they have a chance today. It's at five, so that should help. You know, the crowd which should be affected by that. So, Apparently yeah, maybe it's still they, snowing in Tennessee. Yeah, so, so maybe they can yeah, go up there. and I mean, they're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, so obviously yeah. they're probably going to lose the game. But – uh, but yeah, if they could get it, they need to. It, it would be obviously massive, as they're like just inside the top fifty in the net, and obviously you'd like that number to be in the thirties by the time you get to Selection Sunday. All right, you demand Hayes. We'll be Thank listening. You guys. Hayes, French, Lauren, RJ, all coming your way. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over fifty years. My takeaway is. Nine win Indiana was a bit and a dream of home field apparel and the good people of the Hoosier State in 2019. It culminated with that ninth win here in Jacksonville, Florida, over Tennessee in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. The men that ran that Indiana team are now running Alabama football. What a world we live in. It's true. It's true. Takeaway, Coach. Uh, my takeaway is that uh, during this uh, coordinator search that, uh, you know, it, it culminates in being not necessarily – a guy, but the right guy. Matty? Yeah, my takeaway is uh, I almost don't care who it is. Dude's got to play better. Mm-hmm. Guys got to play better. Simple as that. I mean, we're watching that game last night. I texted you guys. First and goal for the, for the Eagles. It's just a simple drag with a little disruption in the middle. Boom, easy little throw touchdown. Yeah, I don't think why, I've seen why, a rub play here. Right? Yeah. Why is like why is stuff like that so foreign to this to this franchise? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my takeaway is that they may have to wait out the most experienced candidates because they still will be head coaching candidates. So don't forget that. If it drags, that may be the reason why. That's for sure. All right, we are done. We've got our Campbell and Joe podcast coming up. You got the French show coming up. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. You got helmets and heels afterwards, and plenty more into the night with Rick Ballou and Hacker After Dark. That's all ahead right here on the Superstation.